MotorCityGaming.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock, the Dino Nine, and Jazzy Fiddle. GameZilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the Motor City Gaming Studios, co-host, Jazzy Fiddle, and producers, Deadite Knight and Cable2KX. What up, dope? Milady. <laughs> You had that one planned. You- nope, that was actually just <laughs> off, that was off the cuff. That good, was good. that was fresh out of the head. Welcome to episode 177 of the Gamesville podcast. If you uh, if you just missed the pre-show that we have every week on twitch.tv slash gaming wait uh, Gamesville podcast yeah. twitch.tv yep. slash Gamesville podcast oh, that's the one that's yep. the one um, <laughs> you got it that's it we it's played we played a new game on a system that I wasn't even sure if it worked anymore but my Xbox still turns on so that's good but uh, we uh, we partaked in some Cuphead partook partook in some Cuphead nice Jassy can you maybe you said you weren't going to be here today? Can you make that happen now? <laughs> I can. Hey. All right, he's gone. <laughs> mute switch, mute switch, mute switch. I can't get rid of him. Wait. But anyways, yeah, we played some Cuphead. It was fantastic. And before we really even get into anything, um, we missed a very important question from the Twitch chat from Patreon Spuds, EA Spuds. He asked. Quick question for the show: Who is a Cuphead among who is the Cuphead among MCG? So who is Cuphead? Now, mind you, little backstory on Cuphead: He went to the wrong side of town, found a casino they probably shouldn't have been in because he looks way too young for a casino, and gambled, made a deal with the devil, thinking he was going to beat the devil, lost, and now he's trying to save his soul. So when I think of all of that and I put it all together, it's definitely Xander. Mm. He does travel to the wrong side of town. <laughs> I mean, Xander's the most shady person I know. That's an MCG. He's a greasy dude. Yeah. Yeah. There's no clean sheet on that guy at all. Nope. But in all reality, it's definitely Deadite. What? Yeah. I don't even have a soul. I'm a ginger. <laughs> so. <laughs> even more reason why you'd be in the Devil's Casino thinking you could get away with something. No, right? it's got to right. be. I don't got a soul. I don't got Listen, gotta... Grim, you're a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a metalhead, so that makes Jazzy Cuphead. <laughs> yeah. All right. Poor, de- <laughs> poor decisions. Making deals with people he knows he shouldn't. Yeah. Leaky butthole. Yep. It's Jazzy yeah. Fiddle. <laughs> it's J- Jazzy Fiddle. It does sound like me, doesn't it? I don't know. It looks a little bit like you, too. The straw up the head. Yeah. And that little smirk. I'm definitely a bent. Give us a smirk. I'm definitely a bent. Yep, it's you. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> I don't know why I twitched when I did that. Like, you did. Like I just had a little mini seizure. <laughs> I did steal that cigar cutter from the casino during your bachelor party, though. By yeah. steal, I mean I woke up the next morning with a yo-yo and a cigar cutter in my pocket. I was like, what happened last night? Yep. Well, uh, there we go. We, good, we, good sort of memories. <laughs> we wanted to fit that in, but you can uh, you can hang out with us about a half hour before the show airs every week on Monday. Twitch.tv slash 
Gamezilla podcast. Um, and that is where we usually play some games or talk about some topics in the industry. What, whatever happens in the pre-show stays in the pre-show, except for this show where I brought it into the beginning of the podcast. So forget everything I just said. How the hell you been, Jazzy? I've been doing good. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. I know I know we uh, we had an event for another MCG member, and, but you weren't there very long. So I feel like it's been yeah. a while. What have you been up to? Oh, man, my weekend was a hot mess because I had to uh, ship the parents off to Florida. Yeah. And uh, the reason it was a hot mess wasn't because I had to ship them off to Florida, which was great. Um, they made it there. They're safe. Florida's still there for them to actually visit, so that's nice. Um, <laughs> that but, is nice. But, <laughs> they, okay, so they're not tech savvy. So I'm telling them, like, how they have to go about, like, pre-checking in for their flight and, like, when they should get to the airport to make it through security and all this stuff. And have your parents flown at all post 9-11? I don't think okay, so. Okay, the fact that you have to think about it says yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. So I'm letting them know, and they are listening to nothing that I have to say. I'm like, I've flown, like, seven times in the last two years. Like, I know what I'm doing. And then I get... <laughs> It's so my weekend off. I want to sleep in because I have to get up early for work every day. Nope. 6 a.m. on Saturday morning, I get woke up with a giant cup of coffee and some cider donuts. Okay, cool. It's a good start. Hey, can you help me check in? We want to get the best seats possible. So I have to literally wake up at 6 to help check them in for their flight the next day, which is like three buttons. But, of course, they don't know how to press those three buttons. So I do that, get them all set up. Saturday goes on. But then I have to go to bed extra early because my parents tell me they're waking me up at 4 on Sunday so that I can get them to the airport by 5, which was 4.45. They made me leave even earlier, to attend their flight at 7.15. I'm like, you guys don't need to be there that early. They're like, yeah, we do. So I got up extra early and uh, had to fly them to the airport. Other than that, uh, I had to fly them to the airport. I had to to fly them to the (laughs) airport. Yeah. Via helicopter. Via helicopter. That's some James Bond stuff. Yeah. And then I took a boat back and then flew a crop dusting plane from my front yard to the garage. (laughs) Yeah. I'm basically like... How about video games? I'm basically like Dwayne Johnson and San Andreas. Let's get get to the topic of this show. Other than you being an ungrateful son for having wonderful parents. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I was up that early, couldn't go back to bed, so I played a shit ton of League. Yeah, I saw you, because I was up early and you didn't invite me. I didn't know you were up that early. I was watching you play ranked without me, and I was like, oh, man. I see how it is. I had a pretty good run. I'm so almost to my uh, series in Silver 5. Yeah, I went into my uh, my world shop, bought all my stuff, and went to bed. Went back to bed. No, oh, nice. Because I was like, well, Jazz's not going to invite me. I'm I didn't. Go I honestly didn't see you on. If I would have saw you on, I'd have been like, man, doubt it. Are we leaguing it up? So you're almost back. You're almost on your way to bron- to silver four, mm-hmm. or some might say you're on your way back down to bronze one. Probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so I had four. I I got into silver five, and I'm like, I'm not going back to bronze. If I have to not play this account, I'm not going to play it because I'm ending in silver. But then I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not playing my other account. I'm going to play with my friend Grimlock, and we're gonna we're gonna get him to silver. We proceed to lose four matches, and I'm like, dude, if I lose another one, I guarantee you I'm getting knocked back to bronze. So I queue up my very first game. A-Ram, okay, I'm playing pretty well. Let's try Let's try a ranked game. What the hell? 
22 minutes into this ranked game, I'm playing Galio mid, and they have 38 kills. We have 17. Oh, So God. I'm like, shit, well, going back to, to bronze. Like, this is it. Everybody's trying to surrender. I'm like, no, guys, don't surrender. Their whole team is attack damage. Just build armor, and then we'll wait till late game, and we'll take them. And sure as shit, we climbed back in because wow. everybody built armor, and we ended up pulling it through in the end. And I was like, wow. I'm not bronze yet. Wait, wait, <laughs> Jazzy, way to take control of that game and coach coach the rest of the team through I did. It. And then only one of the other four people nominated me in the end for mm. good what leadership? What's what's the uh, shot calling? Shot Good calling, shot calling. Yeah. yeah. Jerks. Cable, how you been? What's new? Nothing much. I had two birthday parties that I had to throw together, and that was a living hell. Yeah. Did you kick a lot of kids' asses in, Mar- in Mario Kart? No. Um, oh, the first one? Yes, I did. Uh, for <laughs> Kier, yeah, I, I whooped some ass in uh, some Mario Kart. Um, for uh, Xavier, he wanted a birthday party at Zap Zone. So we went there, and oh my god, it was hot. Kids are screaming every five seconds. I had a headache for like two days. <laughs> like it's, it was so annoying. Uh, makes sense why we haven't heard a lot from Cable. All right. Yeah, I've been. Did you get to play any video games? Um, no, I did log on to League, and I bought uh, Rakan. Oh, you got yourself Ooh, a new champ. Yeah. yeah. I did log on to League to buy Rakan. You're going to start dabbling in that support role? Yeah, after watching the Worlds, um, C9 at Worlds, and watching Smoothie play, and I saw some of his stuff that he was doing. And I just want to say, they don't give him enough credit. Support, yeah. Support normally ne- don't get Supports never get enough credit. Because he did some stuff that was like, oh my God, I would never be able to pull that off, but I want to learn how to do that. Yeah. Because he was getting, um, I, I think it was, uh, what's their top lane guy? Impact. Um, Impact. He was gnar, and he was getting pretty much tore up for a little bit, and he was running away. And Smoothie saw this, so he just starts running towards him, and he used uh, Rickon to use his feather thing to fly around him while he's about to be hooked, and he puts a bubble shield on him. I was like, holy crap, that was sweet. Yeah. Yeah, Smoothie's known for roaming and saving other people's lives other than just his ADC, so he's, he's definitely a team support. Yeah. But all right, well that's good. I'm I'm glad I'm uh, I'm liking that that on his own will, Cable is logging into League. Mm-hmm. I've been playing here and there every time. Yeah, Deadite, what's new? Well, I've returned from my family vacation at Michigan's that's... most well-known family vacation destination, the Mackinac Island. That's not what we told them. I have returned from the depths of hell where my soul was stolen by the devil and I had to maintain his contracts and kill people for him. What did you tell people? You I don't, don't have a soul. I listened to the show last week and I don't remember being... It was close enough. That's yeah. close enough. Yeah, okay. Well, I did something super, super badass and I'm now here among the realm of the living <laughs> again. something super badass. So <laughs> it wasn't eating fudge and riding a bike and going on a horse carriage ride. That would be lame. Uh, so... You know, my gaming was a little little interrupted by a little bit of vacation because I didn't take any games with me. I just wanted to spend some time with the family. But um, my gaming has been pretty good for the last uh, little bit. You know, of course, Destiny still working my way through Metroid. You know, you guys know that. Um, but, you know, last week, the wife wanted to check out a game from the library. And I had the pleasure of playing the first level of Epic Mickey 2 on the PlayStation 3. <laughs> 
Oh, boy. Can I tell you that we made it about a third of the way through? Maybe, yeah, about one third of the way through the first level, I looked at my wife and said, I can't do it. <laughs> I was like, this game is so atrocious. I can't go on. She's like, can we just finish the first level? I was like, no. And I just bailed. <laughs> and she went back to playing one player because the controls, um, the puzzles were really unintuitive the controls were awful it was one of the worst video games i've ever played in my entire life and we know i've played some of the worst of the worst you have a choice you either sit down next to your wife Mm -hmm. and play epic mickey 2 again or you sit down with yourself and play brink i'd rather play brink by myself which i did delete from my computer this weekend so i can't play brink anymore it's gone um I would rather play Brink than Epic Mickey 2 on the PlayStation 3. It, I was getting a headache and angry at how awful this game was designed. Now, remember, I picked up a gym this, uh, this garage sale season with you. Yeah. Sealed in the box for the Wii. Epic Mickey 2. Yeah, I bet it's... Collector's Edition. I bet it's really good on the Wii. <laughs> The game was probably designed like you. Oh, no, I bet the the game was designed for Wii. I'm pretty sure. I'm like pretty the, sure the controls were Wii. so bad on PlayStation Three. I'd be like, man, I wish I had a pointer right now because like the joystick was so unintuitive trying to like point at things and it was awful. Um, oh boy. O- other gaming I did. Sci-Fi AJ was in town this weekend, and we know he's a he's a big fighting game guy. He's been digging real deep into the scene. So I was like, you know, Sci-Fi. Like you can't really be a fighting game guy unless you square up with me. And Clay Fighter 63 and a third on the Nintendo 64. So we unlocked Sumo Santa, you know, and we unlocked Booger Man, and we threw down a little bit. Did some Claytalities where you're farting out candy canes and stuff as Santa. It's pretty sweet. But, um, yeah, you know, that game was great when I was 12. It's not so great when I'm an adult. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be diving back into Clay Fighter 63 and a third anytime soon. Now, I saw you on NBA 2K18. I no how how would have you seen me on NBA Two K eighteen? I thought I saw you on NBA Two K eighteen. No, I did not. I, unless someone has stolen my account and logged in on their PlayStation and is playing Two K eighteen, I most certainly did not purchase. Okay. Like I was it Two K sixteen that was free like a year ago. I played that for like a week. I was like, dude, I can't do this game. I'm not into basketball video games enough to like do that. I must have got you mixed up because I sent you a message. I'm like, you on Two K eighteen? Okay, so okay, yeah, you messaged me. You messaged me 2K18, like, question mark. Because I thought she was on it. <laughs> mind you, I was reading this message while I was at Chops' housewarming party, so I was a, you know, uh, I was a couple of tropical torpedoes deep. So um, <laughs> so when you, you're like, 2K18, question mark, I thought you meant, I, I think, I, I typed back, like, I haven't decided PlayStation or, I haven't decided PlayStation or Switch yet. Because I thought you were asking me if I'm buying WWE 2K18. Like, that's what I got out of it. Like, Cable's asking me about 2K. He probably means WWE. So that's why I responded, haven't decided what I'm buying yet. Uh, But no, I was not on, I was at Chops' house while you sent me that. Very intoxicated. I was not that intoxicated. I have have video proof. No, okay. The video proof, okay. First off, I think I would know if I'm inebriated or not. Because, you know, I've been there. Your (laughs) Your wife left you there. My wife had to go home because she had to work at 6 That was her excuse, but she left you there because she didn't want to have to babysit you. Listen, a lot of people have been ashamed of me a lot of times. You can add that one to the list. It's not going to bother me. You were so hammered that you purchased NBA 2K18 on the PlayStation app of your phone. Man, that that might be true. I was so drunk I bought 2K18 
Man, maybe that did happen. <laughs> that you know, now it's actually all adding up, cable. cable <laughs> I guess I was pretty gone. <laughs> I'm guessing I was pretty gone too. <laughs> so so with that we had uh we had an MCG member have their housewarming party. Chops uh Chops welcomed many people to his new home. Um it was a great great time, you know. Uh congratulations to him and his fiance on their new place. But we, you know, on the gaming side of things, uh, we sat down in the living room and uh, played Mario Kart Deluxe on the Switch with four different Switches there, having a lot of fun. Some people never playing. It was their first time holding a Switch. Some people, you know, played plenty. But uh, the exciting piece was is that we, we teamed up with everybody here at MCG and the community, and we... Uh, we got Chops a, a housewarming gift that, um, you know, was, was pretty special. And a, a special gift has to get put in special wrapping paper. I left him an upper decker. You did, right, yeah. Well, that was part of it. but um, Special gift. You are special. Housewarmed. We, we got Chops his own Nintendo Switch. And... But I didn't want to just give him. Wow, that was weird. I'll move my phone. <laughs> I didn't want to just give him the switch and and a few pieces to go along with it. So I thought up, hey, you know what? I'm gonna take an extra Nintendo 64 box, pack everything inside of that, wrap have have brick bitch wrap that up and put it in a bag, and then we'll have him open it, you know, with the card that just says, you know, from us to you type deal not not the whole group because we don't want to give it away right away so they they open it up and i instantly i felt a little bad actually because allison chop's fiance who's a super nice person super nice person was excited that it was nintendo 64 and i was like (laughs) oh damn it so i found out later they have a nintendo 64 i I actually wasn't even sure if they had one or not so because if they didn't i was going to give them one later on just just for the heck of it because she seems like and and some of her favorite games are from that generation so you know but right away right away chops goes i know you guys and he's looking at all of us even though the card just said me and me and brick bitch he he knew he knew he's like you all there's bricks in here this this isn't a nintendo 64 i told you you should have put bricks in it and give him a second package (laughs) with the goods so he opens the box up and he's like, see, I, and I had put tissue paper on both sides so they couldn't see what it was right away. I had also on the back, when you buy a system, there's like a cutout hole where you can see the serial code on the system. I found a little figurine with a barcode and I duct taped it to the inside of the box so that, you, yes, you would have figured it out pretty easily if you would have looked at it. But from a glance, it just looked like a, a barcode on a system. And so he he he's like, I knew it. I knew this wasn't Nintendo sixty four. And he starts grabbing tissue paper out, and then his eyes just kind of like blow up. And he looks up, and, and he's like, "What?" And he looks back down. He's like, "Is this box empty too?" And he pulls out the switch box, and he he, he like pushes the other box away and just starts opening it because he knows he's like, "It's empty. It's empty." And I'm like, I mean, to save time, I'm like, "It's not empty, man. It's the real deal. Like, just keep going in the box." And that's so. What's the next thing he pulls out? Tomorrowland action figure, and then he looks at me like, "What the fuck?" with duct tape all over it, and he's like, "What the fuck is this?" And I'm like, "I'm like," so I come up to him like, "Well, you see how there's that cutout where you would see the barcode?" And he looks right at me, he's like, "You son of a bitch!" I'm like, "You can have the action figure. I don't want it. It's Emma Watson and Tomorrowland or whatever. I don't care." 
<clears throat> but yeah, and they, we uh, we picked him up Mario Rabbids, um, a points card. He's a big fan of the Hulk, so we got a new Ragnarok Hulk uh, Funko Pop and a screen a screen shield for a Switch. And uh, that was you know that was that was the big event, big, the big thing for us that we were super excited to give him. And uh, he's you know he's uh, he's plays PS4 with us you know so he's on the current gen for that, but he's still enjoying his the Wii U. Um, so he wasn't, you know, all this stuff that we've been talking about with the Switch and enjoying, he hasn't been able to partake, and we're excited that he can now, uh, along with his brother and... Um, CEO of this show. <laughs> LPJ and uh, LPJ's kid are enjoying the Switch, and now now this is something that Chops Nelson can enjoy with them as well. So I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm salty about the whole situation. Why? Why does everyone have to react appropriately when everyone goes together and gets them a system? Why am I the only one that acts like an asshole? Well, you're a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, we already know the answer to that one. But uh, besides that, I played uh, a little bit of League. I played a lot of Destiny, and uh, I've played I've played the last four four or five days. I've played Destiny, and here's the kicker: out of those four or five days, I've played in two rooms in Destiny. Because we've been trying to run the raid, <laughs> so I'm talking the amount of time I've put into that game and the little bit that I've explored currently, at least this week, has been pathetic. Uh, we haven't had a whole lot of success in the raid. The drop rates have been god awful. But overall, the raid is, uh, you know, it's different. It's more. It's so mechanical and so team oriented that like if you, the old raids used to be like three people couldn't jump through the puzzle through the jumping puzzle, and you're like, cool, just die a bunch of times, we're going to pull you through. You can't do that in this raid. It's like, you need all six, and when one person falls, oh, we got a noob over here. Duck hunt over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when, when, you know, when one person messes up, it's a, it's a wipe. You basically have to start over. So uh, we're at the final boss, and it resets uh, tomorrow. So... We're going to try this after the show, I think, one last time, one last hurrah, and, and see what happens. But it's been difficult. Well, I'm almost 260, so when you guys are ready to bring some real talent to the fire team, you just... <laughs> yeah, get get 20 more light, then we'll talk. Uh, six more light. I need just six more. No, we're not bringing you in at 270. Uh, that would be 260. Oh, you're almost <laughs> 260. Okay, then we get 26 more light, and we'll talk. I think I can do it at six. I made it to 280 <laughs> on my Titan, finally. Nice. And I have all the future World Cup gear except for uh, the gauntlets. Okay. I mean, new monarchy or die, you know what I'm saying? That's right. That's where I'm at, too. Yeah. I'm grinding that, too. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so that's that's basically it. I've been playing that. I picked up Cuphead earlier today and been enjoying some of that. And uh, my Fusion run-through on Metroid Fusion. I uh, picked up the Switch for the first time at the party in a while, enjoyed some Mario Kart, and then went on to the shop. And I was like, oh my god. Like, I forgot like 18 games dropped last week for the, Sci- for the Switch. Sci-Fi and I were <laughs> on the shop uh, over the weekend just seeing what was on there. I was like, man, I haven't been on the shop in like a month. There's so much on there Yeah, now. Yeah, so I was looking at a couple of interesting games that I, um, I'm going to be trying here soon, but... Um, Golf Story being one of yeah, them. Yeah, I was thinking about Golf Story too, and Xander said he's playing it. Yeah, I was like, man, I I actually kind of like a classic golf game. It's like simple and relaxing to play. Yeah, plus it's an RPG, yeah. like old school RPG uh, aspects to it as well. So it looks interesting enough that that I might throw um, a few bucks at it for sure. 
So, but that's uh, that's what we've been playing. Let us know what uh, what you're up to. Just join the Discord. That's easy. You just you just go to the website. Cable cable's a mess, man. It's like it's like it's like a whole different person over there. Exclamation point! Discord in the chat to get you to Discord. Right in Twitch or head on over to MotorCityGaming.com. Right on the homepage, you can click on Join the MCG Discord. It's free. Talk with gamers from around the world every day about all the hot topics. And maybe if you just want to hop in the emoji channel and just pump out a bunch of emojis, it's there for you. You can influence the podcast and get early access to GameZilla Alpha by supporting us on Patreon.com slash GameZilla Podcast like The Glitch who would like to ask do you guys think Cuphead will live up to the hype placed on this indie game? Do you think it got so much attention because Xbox exclusives are limited? The Glitch. I don't... I mean... Microsoft needs exclusives, so of course they need to focus on this game. But I think it got a lot of attention because it, it's so unique looking. It is it is a very unique looking game. Now it's it's as far as what type of game it is, it's a it's a platformer. It's a Mega Man game. It's a you know like it, it has other you know styles to it as far as like how the map works and stuff. But the the core gameplay is just pattern jumping, side scrolling platformer, and. But but the the feel and look and sound of it is so unique that that's that's where I got all the hype is that the first time someone saw this at a, at a convention, they were just like, oh my god, this is a video game like this actually can is a playable game you know and no I think I think a lot of people through the long development of this game started to think oh is this really not possible and we're starting and we're starting to see a no man's sky or a last guardian or you know one of those games where it just seemed to like struggle to ever get released delay after delay and uh you know it's here now and from the the small bit that I've played I really enjoy it I think the hype is real the, the difficulty is high, and, and there is simple mode that you can play I haven't even tried it yet because I'm enjoying the difficulty but Overall, I look forward to trying to beat this game. I want, I want to uh, complete it, and I think it's, uh, it's going to be up for some awards at the end of the year. I think uh, you know visuals, uh, some of the soundtrack, and and some of this the the indie awards. I think it'll be a front runner. I'm not a huge platformer myself. I enjoyed like Shovel Knight. You're not you're a human and, being. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes. Good. Sometimes. So when I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going to play another platform, I considered Metroid because I haven't really played a lot of Metroid. So I'm like, man, let me get into this and see what the hype's about since Grimm and uh, Deadite love this game. So Grimm's got high reviews of it, and Deadite said nothing but great things as well. So, man, maybe I should try this. Maybe I should pull the, the 3DS out and, and give this a whirl. And I haven't really like made my decision on whether I want to do that or not. But then I played Cuphead here for the first time. And I'm like, man, now do I get Cuphead instead? I can tell you there is room in your life for both because they're both very different and super fun. You, yeah. need, you need to play Metroid. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to buy Metroid. You can just borrow one of my 15 copies there that you I go. have. It's up to 15 I now. <laughs> I believe it. It's really, it's I, re- believe, I believe it. It's really gotten to a hoarding at this point. What do you think, though? I mean, this was your first time playing Cuphead. You were, you, you were excited, uh, even though um, you, know, you don't own an Xbox. Yes, you can play it on PC. But um, 
you know what what are your, what's your impression on it I mean, for the, let's say, 20 minutes, we were all passing controllers around during the pre-show. I, I don't know, 20 is probably 40. We got pretty into it. Um, the the gameplay feels exactly like what I expected. You're looking at it. It's a running gun. It's a Contra. It's a Metal Slug. It's that style of gameplay. But you have it in this unique package that's never been seen before. And the aesthetic of it is carried through so well. I think, you know, through the music score, the cut scenes, um, the way the bosses evolve and change into different things, it's so true to its source inspiration of 1930s cartoons. It's it's enchanting in, in sorts. Like, it, it really is so fun just to see how the game evolves. And at the same time, you're getting punished and beat up because it is hard. Um, my first-hand experience with it is really good. I will say I really liked playing it co-op. The difficulty, because I'm not the most talented gamer, may actually make me shy away from playing it on my own yeah. hardcore because I know I would never probably actually make it through this game. But sitting down and playing it with you guys for the pre-show was super fun. I look forward to spending more time with Cuphead. Yeah, yeah. no, this was my first time with co-op, and it made it better. Like mm-hmm. I enjoyed it single player but co-op was a lot it added you know the ability to save each other and and you know no matter what like as long as i could get to you and parry i could bring you back with mm-hmm. one hit point and many times as i wanted and that so like for me it was just it was a whole a whole additional mechanic that doesn't exist in a single player so well thanks for the question the glitch we actually have a second one from test and this question is for the deadeye and cable 2kx he Ooh. says WWE presents Hell in a Cell live from Little Caesars Arena this Sunday. If you could have one wrestler, living or dead, cut a promo about why you should get involved with the Motor City Gaming community, who would it be? Uh, Stone Cold for me. What? <laughs> Listen, hey, you stupid son of a bitch. If you're not listening to GameZilla, what? Then you're the dumbest son of a bitch that's ever listened to podcasts and play video games. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah. That's what it would sound <laughs> like. Yeah. That's what it would sound like. And thank you for the question, Test. No. I don't think we need to get any further. Did you have a different answer? Yeah, I so I thought this through a little bit because I was previewed to the question long before the show. And I thought it over and I had it whittled down to two people. I think Macho Man could yeah. properly convey mm. the insanity and madness that is the GameZilla podcast. Agreed. My Macho Man isn't that good. Not near, like I, I topped out with Stone Cold. I should have started with the Macho Man, but my Stone Cold is my best one. I do a really good. Oh, oh no, I can't. I can do a really good Ultimate Warrior impression, but again, it wouldn't make any sense for him to promote the show because he never. He only spoke nonsense, so we wouldn't yeah. want. You know, <laughs> they play video games. And they ride in rocket ships. And they play Destiny. Like, that is that's the, what the Ultimate Warrior would sound like if he was talking about this show. Um, but ultimately, I would want the American Dream Dusty Rhodes to promote this show because we're all working class guys. Yeah. We, we all go to our jobs, and th- this is something that we put pour our passion into um, You know, when we're not at our day jobs. And I think Dusty and his uh, son of a plumber, his uh, representing the working man, the common man, I think he can convey that to our fans and the people we want to reach and spread this podcast to the best out of anyone. So, 
Good answer. Yeah, very good. Thank you for the question test. Once again, that is patreon.com slash GameZilla podcast. Help support your favorite podcast. All right, Dad, I, I did a really good job last week, but it's your job, so let's hear about this sponsor. As much as I would love the Ultimate Warrior to tell you about how great the Detroit Beard Collective is, I don't think anyone's ready for that. <laughs> I don't think I could string enough coherent thoughts together as the Ultimate Warrior to tell you about it. So I'm just going to tell you about it as myself. The Dead. I go to DetroitBeardCollective.com and buy your beard care products. See how good my beard looks? It's because I use products from DetroitBeardCollective.com. I have a beard crate shipped to my doorstep at my mansion and then I open the box and I clean my beard. You can do the same thing. Get the beard shampoo, beard elixir, beard butter, beard comb, everything you need. Choose all the scents you want. Get it put into a beard crate and have it shipped to your house. Use the checkout code MCGAMING to save 20% on orders, $25 or more. That's the checkout code MCGAMING to save at DetroitBeardCollective.com. Ooh. Ooh. Dead-eye. Dead-eye. Yes. Smell my beard. Okay. Ooh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. What's what scent did you choose? Oh, uh, that's uh, that's Hockey Town. Ooh, Hockey Town. Uh-huh. That's Jazzy's favorite. Yeah, I do I, like Hockey Town. I was gonna, I knew I was gonna ask you to smell my beard, so I made sure to uh, put some product in it and make it smell good. So. I was honestly a little concerned that you like rub diarrhea in it, and this was all a big ruse on me. You're like, haha, he'll think he's smelling Detroit Beer Collective, and I just puke. No, I have to. I have to play the long con. So now that yeah. you're like trusting, you're building that trust. That, you know, it's coming. It's yep. coming. Yep. But all right. Well, thanks to our uh, thanks to our sponsor. But we got uh, plenty of news to get into. So give it to me, did I? I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching MotorCityGaming.com. Downloading headlines. Now let's have it. What about this monster story of yours? Download complete. Okay. First up is a. Uh, a topic that we're making ourselves, and that simply is SNES Mini Thoughts. Let's get started here. We're just going to put the box. Well, right let me up hold front. the box. I got. I got to look at the oh, titles oh, on the oh, back. Okay. I got. I got to compile okay. my thoughts here because my friend didn't invite me over to play his. So, <laughs> so, <just laughs> so the SNES Mini came out last Friday, um, and the social media was just covered with people posting their boxes. You know, it, it definitely looked. Uh, like there was way more inventory this time around. And so we're going to talk about it a little bit here. And we're going to start with, uh, first of all, I found one thanks to my wife. Um, But it still took her getting up at 7 in the morning, actually earlier than that, and then getting to Best Buy and getting in line. Um, Thankfully, she was able to hang out with some friends in line and, uh, and get the 33rd system out of 174. So plenty of systems. Here, you can hold this, too. There you go. Play with that. But um, The eject button doesn't work. Take it back. It's trash. It does, too, work. <laughs> the eject button? Oh, the eject button. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I thought I was thinking reset button. Um, but did anybody else, first of all, pick up one of these? Nope. No. Okay. And I know you you didn't either, right? I did not. It, I'm I'm still thinking about it. I'm still not yeah. sold on it entirely. I yeah. could have. I just didn't pull okay. the trigger. And that's because you're jaded by the NES Classic. Yeah. Because you bit. really wanted one of those. I did. 
Well, I'm gonna so so this topic really is just me focusing and and watching Dead Eye play play with the. I, devices. I have some I have some thoughts. Let's let's have yeah. a conversation though. But uh, first of all, I think it was pretty easy to get one. That was my whole my whole point of did you find one? Is that I thought if you really wanted one, you were gonna be able to lock one in. And this is just the first shipment, so if you slept on it and played your buddies and now you want one, you're going to get another opportunity. This isn't it. So for me, I think uh, Nintendo's done a good job making sure that the, uh, you know, the supply meets demand at least a little bit better here. We're already seeing a great example. Of this is that we're already seeing what people are buying these for on eBay way lower than anything um the NES Classic, actually, sorry, it's cheaper to buy one of these online than the NES Classic has ever been on eBay, period. So, um, now, mind you, some people made the mistake of... I feel like a giant right now. Actually yeah, right? Some people made the mistake of going out to eBay and buying these for $300, $400 um, before launch, you know, because they wanted to lock down. They were wor- uh, worried about pre-orders and all this stuff. Now we're seeing a huge plummet in price. So that is thankfully looks to be over, and uh, they seem to be, you know, most most people that wanted one got one. So uh, gameplay, again, I'm the only one that's really gotten into gameplay here. I've hooked mine up, fired up Super Metroid because that's a game that I can play <laughs> blindfolded practically, and uh, I can tell you that it felt good. It felt, you know, it didn't feel different. It didn't necessarily feel like an emulation. It felt responsive. It felt, you know, like Super Metroid, which is really, which is really, uh, you know, exciting. And obviously, the NES Classic felt similar. So, it's what it's what I was expecting. But um, we did play some Mario Kart, Super Mario World. We fired up uh, Mario RPG. You know, and it, uh, they're all. Beautiful. I was playing them on a 60-inch screen, um, and you know, for the most part, they they looked decent. They didn't, you know, it didn't seem too fuzzy, too blown out, or anything like that. But um, it feels good. Now, my one, um, my one like piece of, I guess, my one complaint. The would, eject button. Yeah. Well, the eject button could at least push down, right? But my one complaint is how you know. First of all, I was looking at this. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, how you hook the controllers up to the system, right? You have to like put your finger underneath the front of the system and you pull out and this little tab folds down, right? And then there's two two ports. They're the same exact, you know, uh, Wii connections that the NES Classic uses. And uh, but it's just janky. It's like it kind of reminds you of like those tabs that you pull out of a product that you're like, "Well, this is going to break off soon." Like this is this won't last, and that's what it feels like to me. It just feels like this little flimsy, you know, piece that you're gonna find these in garage sales, or you're gonna find them at secondhand shops or retro shops, or whatever, uh, down the road, and they're all gonna be missing this. This will be that that you know when you find it complete, you'll be like, or if it's there, you'll open it up and it'll just fall off. So I didn't like like why couldn't you actually just like hinge this and make it like a door if you really wanted to cover the ports, you know, like why couldn't you just or just make this solid piece and let me plug the controllers in on the side, I guess. I don't know. Like, did you really need to make this weird cover that is super janky, and every time I close it, I feel like I'm going to break it? That's the only thing I don't like about the design. Other than that, the power and the reset button are just like a, a full-size Super Nintendo, which is cool. And, uh, you know, overall, the, the design is, is nice. But, yeah, I, just, I hate that, that front. 
So what did you want to? What did you want to talk about this piece? You said you have something to say. How do you feel about the lineup of games? So you're getting what? You're getting like twenty one games. Yeah, twenty one. One unreleased game, probably for good reason. Just saying, but yeah. <laughs> well, uh, side note: Did you know that Star Fox Two, the unreleased game that you're getting on here, is locked? Do you have to beat Star Fox to play it? Correct. That's kind of that's kind of raw. That's kind of a raw deal. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know. I um you know overall I think it's I think it's okay. I think it's um you know it's got you know some of the games that I care about like Super Metroid, Super Mario World, uh, Zelda: Link to the Past. But if you're if you're asking me what I think about the library, I think it I think it missed on several games, and I, I almost. I also wish that it was closer to the number of games that the NES Classic had. That's kind of oh, meant to mute Jazzy and Cable as they were chatting to the side of mute me as well. That's kind of where I was getting at with it, where the NES Classic had 30 games. I think in my mind there was maybe a little more forgiveness for games I wouldn't be interested in. But because this one has 21, there's like four, five, six games on this thing, I would probably never play. Like, never even think about it at all. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think there's some games that are missing from the list. I think there's definitely games on here that, just like you, I'd be, I'm I'm not going to bother to pro, you know play a whole lot. Uh, it might get fired up once or twice here in, in, the, in the time of having this device. But and, and so some of these games, and again... If you listen to the Legend of Retro, they'll probably respond and tell you that I'm tell everyone that I'm an idiot. But I'm never gonna play Mario RPG. I'm never gonna play Final Fantasy. I'm never gonna play Secret Man. I'm never gonna play Earthbound. I'm not gonna play those RPGs because that's not the type of game I liked as a child. And those are, I think, those are big key selling points to the system. Is you get these amazing RPGs that people love to play. For me, I would rather knock one of those out and add a essential Super Nintendo game of Killer Instinct on there. Killer Instinct's not on there. Killer Instinct's not on there, I think probably because the IP is owned by Microsoft now. But, like, you know, and there's other games that, like, I, you know, it's not conceivable that they'd have Jam on there because it's, like, licensed and there's a lot of issues, I'm sure, with putting it on there. But those are the type of games I like playing more over the RPGs that take up a fifth of the system. I'm also never going to play Star Fox or Star Fox 2 because I'm not that into Star Fox and those games age terribly. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... And that's one of the reasons I haven't rushed out to get this is because I look at the lineup in games and go, I own several of these either on Wii Virtual Console or actual cartridges. Right. Um, yeah, in that's one the form other or thing. another, do I need to spend $80 to have this in a, in a nice, concise package that I might not use that much? Yeah, even the, uh, even the lure of uh, Earthbound is lessened because they brought it to the eShop. And and you can play it, you know, more so than just on an original cartridge anymore. So I mean, like, I picked it up because I have an NES Classic, and I so I wanted I wanted it for the collection. As far as usefulness, the 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 only other reason I thought I want one is because it's an HDMI hookup, and so streaming anything off of this is super easy. Now my NES Classic has almost 800 games on it because I hacked it, and you know I'm gonna give some time. But I'm sure the same thing's going to happen to this, where I'll end up loading it up with everything that I possibly can once I feel like 
it's a sure thing. I don't want to brick the thing. I don't, you know, I, I don't necessarily need that. But again, it's nice to take that little NES Classic, hook it up to our capture card, and then go to Twitch and say, all right, guys, what, game, what NES game do you want me to play? Yeah. You know, and, and we can do it. So for me, that's, it's a tool, and, and then it looks good on the shelf. That's about it. And I have a Raspberry Pi, so it's far much right. less reliable. Like, you hook this up, and it just works. Even your modded NES Classic, you hook it up, and it just works. My Raspberry Pi is a little bit janky, but for the most part, <clears throat> I can hook it up and play any Super Nintendo game I want. I already have that capability. I just need to not be playing it with PlayStation Afterglow controllers. <laughs> now, if there's one game, we'll go around the room here. There's one game that you wanted on this that's not there. What is it? Killer Instinct. Killer that, Instinct. That's, Jazzy. That's one game. And it can't be PlayStation 1 Dragon Seeds. I'm sorry. Man. <laughs> I wish I could be on every system. I don't know. I, I wasn't a super big um, super. I didn't play a lot of the Super Nintendo, so there's nothing that really jumps out at me that I like. Really wish I could have on it. Um, there's no Doctor Mario on there. I know. I'm just giving you an easy answer, so you can actually give me an was answer. Was there a Super Nintendo release of Doctor Mario? I don't think there was. Was there? Yeah, I think it was a. Uh, it was a two. It was a Tetris Doctor Mario like. Um, one cart, two games. Say oh. Kirby's Avalanche because it's Puyo Puyo. Well, <laughs> if that's the case, I'm going to say Dr. Mario and Tetris because that's a version I haven't played. Yeah. But, all right, and then Cable? Uh, Battletoads versus Double Dragons. Oh, yeah, no battles. Okay, yeah. that was another thing I thought about earlier today. There's no beat em ups on this, right? For a. There's not not you know, not a single one of these games is a beat 'em up. Until we hack it, but that well, yeah, that was that was one of the hot style of games. Is Streets arcade port arcade port beat 'em up games were huge in the 16 bit era, and there's not a single one on this system. And to me, that actually seems like a glaring flaw to not have a two player beat 'em up that you can enjoy with your friends. Yeah, I mean the closest thing, and it's not a beat it's not a beat 'em up, but the closest thing that'd be a two player would be uh, Contra Three. The Alien Wars. It's not a beat 'em up. It's a size, like yeah. that. That game needs to be on there. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Absolutely, Con- Contra yeah. Three needs to be on there. I'm just saying it's the closest thing to one. You don't yeah. have Battletoads. You don't have you know uh, and you Turtles and Turtles in Time. Ooh, yeah, classic. Streets of Rage. Well, Streets of Rage never came to Nintendo. It didn't. It was just Sega. It was Sega. Yeah. My bad. Okay. Yeah. My I was bad. I say Aladdin too, but I think that's just Sega too. No, 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 no Aladdin. The, but they were they were different, different games. games. They oh, okay. weren't they weren't games, just yeah. ports. They were different. Games. Okay, yep. so Aladdin's so, Sega was the better one. It, it definitely was. Yeah. Since we're answering this question, I I do want to say because I want to get the beginning of it out. Is this was a Patreon question from Tess that said, since the Legend of Retro does not take questions for their show, we do. What are three games that each of you wish would have made the SNES Classic? So. Just wanted to make sure we got the beginning of that question in there since we are answering this question for him now. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you don't want to know what just happened there. We all, Grim, Grim, Grim didn't say one yet, but we've all done at least one. Grim, do you have another game? Uh, do I have another? Would probably be... Because we want to try and get three, three, three each or something here. Yeah, three test. each. We all know I've done... I, I said KI for sure. I mean, since you went and through Earthbound, okay. So here's my thing about Earthbound, right? There's people that are part of MCG that their favorite game is Earthbound, but Earthbound is not a popular game. Like I'm, I'm literally never gonna play that game. Right. I'm never gonna have time in my life where I'm like, that's what I want to play. Right. And and so, 
and I don't mean it's a bad game. I don't mean people shouldn't like it, but I mean like it's rare because there's not a lot of cartridges. It's it's not as, as it's what, more of a niche game. Yeah, it's but a niche I th- game. I think it should be on this collection because yeah. it's it's a, it's a seminal game on the system. But I don't care about it. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's true. It's, it's really our only, you know, it was our entryway into into Earthbound and, mo- and the Mother series. Yeah. But, you know, going with that niche and going with that, like, odd man out, I'd like to see, you put Mega Man X in there, I honestly would have thought it'd been cool to put Mega Man 7, a game, a game that, you know, is super hard to find the cartridge for, super expensive, and... Unless you're playing the Legacy Collection or something. See, that's what takes it away is these Legacy Collections that just came out. These so, games are more accessible now than they've ever been. And that's yeah. part, like if this came out 10 years ago, I think everyone would be losing their mind about it a little bit more. I mean, here's Before my... Ver- pre-virtual yeah, count. Here's my three. If, if I got to have three and I could be whatever I want, I'd love the Super Star Wars, Super Empire Strikes Back, and Super Return of the Jedi series to be all included. Yeah. Now, again, I have those digitally because they gave them to me, you know, when I bought my PlayStation 4 bundle or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, th- there's three that re- I, I always think about when I think of Super Nintendo. But I'm sure there's others, but they're all like a lot of the games that I have that I really like are obscure and not necessarily deserving of being like a top thirty on a classic system. Why no Ninja Gaidens or um, what's the other one? Shinobi. Were those Sega franchises? Or did those ever make it to? I know Ninja, Shinobi. Ninja, Gaiden Gaiden was on NES for sure. They had three or four of I them. One was on Super Nintendo too. And they and they might have had some more on Super Nintendo, but I I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, again, popularity, like, you, you know, you're going first party, you're grabbing a lot of your stuff, and then you're going to try to grab, like, Mega Man. You're going to grab, you know, you're going to grab those, like, super popular 90s IPs, but I'm trying to think of something else. Like, Dis- I think Disney is the big missing piece. You have I Lion think. King, Aladdin, oh. you, ha- you had a lot of those, those are all big games. very popular, um, you know, 16 Jurassic bit. Park. Wasn't that good? <laughs> yeah, I can say I, I really like that. Aladdin. Power Rangers fighting game. <laughs> yeah, or the Turtles fighting game. Oh, I got one. Zombie ate my neighbors. That'd be a great game. That that should be on there. Yep, Zombie ate my neighbors. It would be one that I would love to would have loved to see on there. I think rounding mine out. I already said Killer Instinct. We all know a Mortal Kombat fan, but why not have Mortal Kombat two on there? Yeah, it's a big one. It'd be a great addition, and there's no... They've put out so many trash versions of Mortal Kombat 2 over the time, it couldn't have been that hard to get that from whoever owns the rights to it. I don't know if NetherRealm still owns the rights, or since Midway's defunct, whoever owns Midway now, like, probably wouldn't have been that hard to get Mortal Kombat 2 on there. Um, And then, since we know putting Jam on there would not happen because of NBA licensing and all that kind of stuff, like, it's not going to happen, Turtles in Time. Yeah. Give me the the best beat 'em up in this on the system. Turtles in Time is an essential SNES game, and it, it's not on there. Yeah, then Fight Guy. Give me Fight Guy. Oh well, <laughs> Fight Guy. No one even knows what Fight Guy is. Was Earth One Gym on Super Nintendo? Yeah, yeah. it was. Yep. That'd be a good That'd one. Be another one that'd be great to see. I just been over the cartoon so much. Earth One Gym. Anything else, Jazzy? No. Turtles in Time would have been my other one. Yeah, I mean that's that's that that shocks me that that one's not yeah, on there. That that's, that's a the one huge I've, one. That's the one I've honestly probably played the most on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, because that was my cousin had it. So anytime I went over there, that we always just played that. All right, so uh, moving into we're gonna stay with Nintendo here, but our first topic is the uh, Metroid co-creator uh, came out and said that they're not planning another remake. 
So the rumors about a fusion remake maybe aren't real. We don't know. But um, in, in terms of pure 2D games, the past couple of Metroid titles have been remakes. Metroid Zero Mission uh, was a remake for, and the, of the original game. And then Metroid Samus Returns was uh, the remake of Metroid 2 from the Game Boy. So both of those were great games. But, you know, they were, they were that, you know, just rehash of, a, of another game. So the question is, what lies ahead for the future of 2D Metroid? Um, well, the co-creator uh, Yoshio Sakamoto was recently asked by Game Rant about where the series could be taken next. Uh, his statement was, it really depends on the reasons you have for undertaking such a challenge, whether there's a need for it and your own motivation. But at the moment, I have no plans for another remake. I think we need to spend time considering whether fans are only wanting remakes going forward and what that might mean. So, I like it because I want the sequel to Fusion. You know, as far as the timeline goes, Fusion is kind of where it stops. And so, giving me what would, I guess, be considered if you're, if you're, holding Prime in its own little world, this would technically be Metroid 5. You know, that, if you told me that's what, you, like, the co-creator here, that's what you want to do, I'm 100% on board. The only reason I'm enjoying Metroid 2 remakes and Zero Mission on the GBA and all that is because that's all I get. So, like, I'm going to take what I can get from an IP that I want. And, like... Just understand from a if, you know co-creator or Nintendo or anybody that's listening that you know has any influence on this is that I play any and all Metroid because I feel like I don't have enough Metroid options. There's not enough games. Now I don't want you to destroy the IP by slinging shit out every six months or every year that's garbage like Federation Forces. Assassin's Creed. And yeah, an IP example would be Assassin's Creed, but. You know, at the same time, why why was Samus Returns so, you know, highly rated and people praising it? It's because we waited a decade for a real Metroid game. A real Metroid game. And, it's, and you know, so if you're going to make Metroid 5, I'm going to be the first one to pre-order it. And I'm going to be super excited that the story is going to continue and we're going to get something new. We're going to get maybe a new planet and a new enemy and you know something new that'd be great but if next if you told me next year you're gonna launch fusion remake i'm gonna buy fusion remake because i'm starving for metroid content does this worry you in the in the least with especially the part in his in his quote here that was and your own motivation <laughs> that he might have he might just be done with metroid i mean he might be but other people have touched Metroid and done a good job, so I can't keep holding on to making sure that, you know, the original people are always there. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've talked about with Nintendo in the past, is that these creators of amazing things, like Mario and Zelda and all this stuff, right? Like the Miyamotos and the, of the world. Like, who's what? what's next? Like, you know, you're not... And maybe you do have some, you know... Young, young guns waiting to, to just show off. But there hasn't been that display and just kind of like getting us, getting us ready to be like, ooh, that might be the next superstar for Mario games, making Mario games. 
we don't see that. And because of it, it's for us, it's like, yeah, we hold on to those names because they're like precious to us. They, you know, it's like if they don't make a Metroid game, no one's going to make a Metroid game, right? Like that's what it feels like. And, you know, I know it's not the case because, because, you know, the world will go on. And, and, and when, when we do lose some of these, you know, all stars in the gaming industry, the gaming industry will have to continue it some, somehow. But for me, I think Metroid, I think this game showed everybody that people want Metroid. It's, I, I, I'm sure it's going to show that it sold well. And for me, I think we will see the development of a new Metroid, an actual new game. But I'm completely okay with the remakes because, because you waited so long. We're not talking about a 3DS remake of a 3DS game. Talking generations and generations of systems. So for you to, you could remake Metroid Zero Mission tomorrow, and I would buy it if it was in the likes of the of Metroid Samus Returns. So and and Metroid Zero Mission still is a fun game. I just played it on the airplane to PAX East this year. Mm-hmm. It still holds well. But if you wanted to give it the new engine and and do it up like you did Samus Returns, I would one hundred percent be on board. So, so here's what I'm what I'm thinking about it. If we look at the games that have been remade, they predate Super Metroid, where you know people acclaim that game as one of the, one of the greatest Super Nintendo games, one of the greatest video games of all time. Fusion was the sequel to that and followed a lot of the game design elements and and so and so forth from there. It took a lot of the notes from it. They're not going to remake Super Metroid. They're they're just not going to do it. So to almost to remake Fusion, Fusion, in my opinion, is close enough to Super Metroid where it doesn't need to be remade either. The original Metroid had a lot to gain by going to the more Super Metroid style yeah, in, in Zero Mission. Samus Returns had an amazing amount to gain over its Game Boy release. Absolutely. Where I don't think Super Metroid nor Fusion have nearly as much to gain. They're much newer games. They're much more refined games. Met- when those games were made, Metroid knew what Metroid was. I should say the developers knew what Metroid were. Yeah. The first two games, they didn't. They were still figuring it out. Absolutely. So just give us give us ports. Give us virtual console that's, ports. Yeah, let let me just play Super Metroid yep. on my new system. L- give me Fusion on the virtual console. Yep. I'll be just as happy with that as I would any remake ever. Yep, and then go make Metroid 5. Correct. Um, right. With that being said, we have uh, our new homeowner slash Legend of Retro Chops chiming in saying that Nintendo released a new Metroid game and Grimm feels satisfied and has enjoyed the game. Yes. Before this game, there was a reinvention of Metroid into the Prime series. Why do you think Nintendo went back in time with a classic-style Metroid game instead of a Prime style or doing something completely different? Do you think that we will see more of your favorite characters from the past in new games but they will only be a new retro-style game. I'd like to see a new Mega Man, but I've had my fill right now with platformer versions. Give me something new, your friend Chops. I mean, this Samus Returns is is Metroid 2, and Metroid 2 was 2D. Like, so I feel like this particular example, it, it needed to be the same. And... Um, 
I don't necessarily agree with Chops on the whole retro style games like Shovel Knight and Axiom Verge and all these games that have come out more recently. Yes, they are you know love letters to our to the past, but they're new games. And so to sit there and call a Metroidvania game that's 2D retro style, I don't I don't necessarily want to give it that you know give it that crutch to stand on. I think it's still a viable type of game. Uh, you know, especially in the handheld world, if you're going to put it on a 3DS, there's not a ton of 3D games on the 3D, like, sorry, 3D worlds uh, that go on the 3DS that that play great, other than, like, first parties. You know, like Ocarina of Time or something like that. But you wouldn't know that one, Jazzy. It's a Zelda game. I know a little bit about it. <laughs> but... Um, the the last time the Metroid franchise tried to do something new and unique, we got Grimm's favorite game, Other M. I, well, yeah, I mean, new and unique, we got Federation Forces. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to give me Federation Forces. Oh, no, forces. forget Federation Forces. It's dead to us. Yeah, we're talking Other M, which, eh. I mean, Other M is, is rough. It, it, yeah, it's, I played Other M and enjoy, enjoyed it because it was Metroid, but yeah, it's tough, man, when you try to reinvent something that has its, it has a path. I mean, like, how come, like, yeah, we get Halo game after Halo game, and they make Halo Wars, right? Which is a strategy, you know, Star, StarCraft type game. <laughs> yeah, RTS. Like, an RTS, yeah. yeah. But, you know, like, you don't see Halo changing. You know, it's a shooter. Mm-hmm. It'll always be a shooter. And so for me, it's like Metroid Prime is unique. And when it happened, it was, un- it was unbelievable what happened. We, You know, I remember when I picked it up, I was like, I don't know. This is going to be weird because at the time I wasn't even a fan of first person. So knowing that Metroid went first person, I was like, uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to like this. And it turned out great. And Metroid Prime 2 was okay. And Metroid Prime 3 was a disaster. And so you look at the track record, it went great, good, bad. Like, so I'm hoping Metroid Prime 4, which they are making, so the Prime series that he's referencing is still alive. I'm hoping it cha- mo- you know, changes things around, but the track record's not good. So, if I'm gonna remake two, and try to make you know, and in all in all purposes, an iconic game for that for the first handheld you know type uh, Nintendo system, um, I'm I'm gonna keep it true to what it was, and that's and that's a 2D type game, um, and, and and to go to go at chops a little bit more too, Mega Man. If they made a new Mega Man, an actual new Mega Man, not a Legacy Collection, if they made... So what did Legacy 2 have? It had 10 and 11 on it, right? Like at the end, those were the newest ones? It was, it was 7, or 9, eight, and 10. 7, 8, 9, and 10. There's yeah. no 11. So if Mega Man 11 got announced tomorrow, Chops would be excited because a new Mega Man game, like we were just talking about Metroid 5, a new Mega Man game with a with a, a push of the story and, and just that, that next chapter in, in an IP that you love is what you need. Not regurgitated, and Mega Man is, is worse than Metroid in the sense of like, here's Mega Man 1 through 10, 18 different ways over the last 5 years. You know, like, and, and so for me, it's like, man, I played a Legacy Collection on the GameCube, and then I played a Legacy Collection on PS2, and then I played a Legacy Collection on the PS4, and then I'm playing Legacy Collection 2 now. Like, we get it. Right and and you can download all these games on your 3ds and your and your eShops and all that stuff. But like, where's the new game? What is Capcom afraid of to make a new Metroid game? Now, 
at the same time, because the Prime series is, I look at it separately, and there is a Prime 4 coming out, where is Mega Man Legends 3? You made Mega Man Legends 1 and 2 on the PlayStation 1, and they were good games. They, wa- they weren't bad at all. And because of it, you and then you stopped. There was no RPG action-adventure Mega Man Legends 3. And at the same time, Whatever happened to Battle Network? That's what I was going to say. Bring back. I loved Battle Network. You know? Le- Legends was only okay to me, but I think it's like a style thing. Like, I played I played some of it. Um, it was okay. But, like, Battle Network really resonated with the type of gameplay that I really enjoy. Yeah, but if we could get a Mega Man game that was like that was like a, you know, RPG style, like like it was action adventure, but you think of you think of the technology that's capable of putting on Horizon Zero Dawn now where you're following Aloy around, like you could put Mega Man in a world and you could actually have an open world experience with it. I think that'd be awesome. I'm thinking about what if you gave, what, you know, again, Capcom is not going to do it, but what if you somehow pulled in some of the guys that made Transformers Devastation? Like yeah, that sort of world environment really let, and merge cool. with Mega Man, make, get that team working on Mega Man Legends 3. Yeah, it could games. be the art style they could do for it could fit so well. The worlds that they could build, the gameplay mechanics they could have for a game like that could be really good. That's, that's a really good idea. I, I like that a lot. And they've just got done play, making that Transformers Turtles. Like they're they're going through this phase of pulling these old IPs and trying to uh, pay tribute to them. So, any any thoughts, uh, Cable? No, I just remember some news that leaked on Twitter, and I don't, I just noticed it wasn't there. I was going to bring it up, but um, the makers of Batman, uh, what is what's that? Arkham? No, Arkham Knight. The makers of them. Rocksteady. Uh, Rocksteady. Rocksteady announced that they are they have some news that they're going to be dropping a new game soon. Mm. And I just noticed that we didn't have it in the doc, and I was like, oh, oh shit. Okay. Well, there you go. That that's that's <laughs> topic. Uh, that's side topic. So interesting. But no, but I do agree with you. Like Uncharted is like I can only reference like Uncharted. How Uncharted one, two, and three, and four are like keep building up on the series and making it better. Yeah. Like. I don't see how Nintendo can't see that the same way as Metroid, because Metroid is a huge staple for them. It's been a staple for them for a long time. And people have been begging you since uh, Prime 3 came out, we won 4. And at every E3, that is the most disgusting when it comes to Nintendo, is when are we going to see another Metroid? Yep. When is the next Metroid coming out? You know this. Why haven't you just done this already and say, look, here. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it boggles my mind when it, it like the effort level to go find people that are just begging for this across the world via the internet, via these conventions, like, like your success is like being thrown at you. It's, yeah, and it blows my mind. And if you really had, I don't know if there was issues with, you know, licensing or 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 you know, finding the right team to make like I don't know, but you, but because you've been so hush hush about it, I don't know. I just sit here back and think you're stupid. Like like Capcom, like you have IP. Like we make fun of Capcom right now because they can't seem to get out of their own way, but they have IPs that they own that they do nothing with, and it just makes no sense to me. Microsoft, you own. Rare, which means you own Battletoads, and we were just talking about... You made a new Battletoads game, we would all... In this room, every one of us would own it. On PC. Well, yeah, be, yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. I didn't think about the fact that... Yeah, I didn't think about the fact that... I wouldn't Xbox. own it, but I'd certainly make time to come over and play it here at your house. Yeah, exactly. Like I'd, I'd make the time. I'd be like, Graham, a, Wednesday night, yeah. you and I. And because it's Battletoads, you, you, you can make it, as, as Chops is stating here, in retro style, right? You can make it maybe... Mm-hmm. 
toned back a little bit because it because we don't want that super realistic Battletoads game. We just want a fun brawler right. that's Battletoads that's you know that's here current today that I can play. And if you did that and made it digital only, so you didn't have to worry about producing discs, like. I can't see where there's a lose situation there. I really can't. Like, how? Development-wise, it's not. It's not. It's not GT. You know, Grand Theft Auto. It's not Horizon Zero Dawn, where it's like we put years and years and years into this right. game, and it, and if it and if it fails, we're going out of business. Like, right? Like, if if Horizon Zero Dawn failed, there'd be no gorilla anymore. I tell. I guarantee you right now. Like, you're telling me that trying to put together a Metroid Five. Uh, you know, in in a two D setting or something like that, um, or a Battletoads game, or a new Mega Man platformer that you you can't do it with a smaller team and a in a in a tight budget. They need to push it. Like they need to, so with a game like Metroid. So Gorilla with the Killzone series, they they wanted to do something different. They were tired of Killzone, so they went off and they created Horizon Zero Dawn, and it's it's been a huge success for them. The mindset of Guerrilla Studios was, we don't want to do Killzone anymore. Does that mean that they should let Killzone die? Potentially not. That Then that's a smaller series than, than Metroid. Like, Metroid can be completely ran by the fans. There was a fan that made a movie trailer for Metroid not that long ago, and I don't even know that much about Metroid, and I was like, watched it three times. It was that good. So you don't have to, like, oh, we want more Metroid. Why won't this studio do it? No. Get the fans involved. Let them write your storyline for you. Read it. And then if you like it, say, okay, well, who's going to make this now? I like the what you did with this game. Can you make this Metroid come to life for Sonic us? Sonic Mania is a new business model that, yeah. you, that that a lot of these companies should pay attention to. And that is simply getting getting these fan bases involved and, and watching them help you make money. Like, like they're creating a great game for the fan base. But in the end, when you're Sega and you look at the sales of Sonic Mania... These people that were hacking games and doing stuff just because you weren't helped you make money. Mm-hmm. You gave them exposure. They helped you make money. It's the, easy. The one thing that's slightly unique about the Sonic situation is Sega did such a good job putting that through a blender and turning the Sonic franchise into a molten pile of diarrhea. <laughs> well, that's that true. They, it couldn't have. It couldn't have failed. Yeah, you could not. You could have handed some. Sonic fans, everything, and it couldn't have been any worse than anything they've ever made in the last decade. That's so true. they had literally nothing to lose by Sonic Mania, where, you know, just to use Killzone as an example, somehow if you had a talented team of fans that wanted to somehow produce a Killzone game, they could ruin a great franchise, where Sonic, Sonic had reached... Uh, disparaging lows that it couldn't have got worse. And it turned out to be a home run. Sonic Mania is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that but part, you that's couldn't a good run, point. you couldn't run this. Tell me they don't have like an intern or a secretary or somewhere that can read through all of this, this fan fiction ideas and then say, you want to know what this is? This is really close to what I think, you know, the creator would have would like. And then just dish him like four or five ideas like, hey, here's the top stuff out of everything that I've read. Take a read through these four and tell me what you think. And then he goes, oh, no, I really don't. Th- I don't really like where this is where they're going with any of these. OK, let's just wipe it. Or you want to know what? These two ideas are great. Now, where do I go to get 
somebody to create this for me. See, I think you forget about the element of the pride of creative people. Yep. <laughs> and if you are someone that is your job to foster and create a world and then you're not you're you're prideful about that. You you take pride in your own creative abilities. You don't want I I don't okay, as a person who makes the audio stuff for this, I don't want to have a fan contest to make a new intro for this show because I don't think someone could make a better intro than I can. And it would be the exact same thing if you were the Metroid developer, y- you have pride in what you do. You don't want to just be like, "Ah, I bet all the fans can come up with something better than I can." But I, at the I, same time though, you the fans want a new intro to the show and you haven't given them a new one in 10 years they can eat shit wow <laughs> <laughs> wow you sound just like nintendo because i'm the biggest nintendo fan here why wouldn't i sound like nintendo i think you know i take pieces from both of you i understand on the on the creative side like you know ethan and i uh here started started bit by eight bit you know like this is our baby like we so there's a lot that we care about when we get our our hands dirty and and start creating and and crafting things it's the same thing from me being a photographer when you know someone's like you put something out there and you need to be able to accept criticism or or feedback right but you just get that you get those people that are like i would have done this but there's no re- there's no why there's no there's no reason right they just they basically just you know cut your they cut your vision down without explaining why that changes would even be made so like mm-hmm. when when you're a creator and you're putting yourself out there like that you honestly do build a defensive wall sometimes because of the that world and and that reaction that you get and so but what I think they could do in, in the sense of like Pokemon, for example, Pokemon is such a huge IP and there's so many cool ideas that are being created by fan base that I think could Game Freak go out there and say, hey, we really like the idea of uranium. Um, either A, are you interested in joining the team? Here's the rules, right? You're going to have to follow these rules. Or B, you're not interested in joining the team you know, here's five grand. Can I buy the, can I own this? May never see the light of day, but now it's part of Nintendo because I, because I like that mechanic. I like that style. I like your, your concept of, you know, of Pokemon fusion. That might be the future of, of the direction we head with Pokemon one day, you know, like, so for me, it's like, I feel like sometimes it's, if you do find a story out there, right. That's just super cool. Or you like a fragment of it. Right. And you don't want to be that company that gets called out by your fan base when you fucking steal it. Mm-hmm. So you go out and you find the writer and you say, here's a grand, here's two grand, you know, um, I want, I want to buy this from you because they're a creator, right? And so what do creators do? They, they, they make things to be seen and they make things to get to, for that exposure and, and to express themselves. And when you get that ability where I made something that someone else found, finds a value on it, you know, you turn into an artist, but you also turn into an entrepreneur at that point, and you go, "Oh man, I can start selling my ideas. I never thought of that." And then you sell that to Nintendo. Nintendo locks it in. It, it finds its way into a game eventually, or it just sits on a shelf, like many other things that are sitting at Nintendo. And I just, to me, feel like it's a missed opportunity. You're not tapping in to this world, and because of it, the indie scene, the indie games. That's why indie games exist is because these big boys don't pay attention to the little guys and they don't tap the little ponds for talent. They sit up here and they go, well, 
this is ours and you can't do that. And so then some guy goes off and says, all right, cool. Well, I was a fan of this over here, so here's Axiom Verge. Right. That's. I mean, that's what's happening, you know? And so for me, I think these big, these big companies, and I've bitched about this before. This isn't my first time doing this, but like... These big companies have an opportunity to, and, and I think again, Sega did it, did it, and yes, they had a track record of just they burnt every building and every bridge and every road behind them. They had no choice almost, but they did the right thing, and they actually looked over in the indie world and said, "You guys are doing some really crazy stuff that we never thought of with our game. Let's work together." Crazy idea, yeah. and, and it worked. And some companies did jump aboard. So like. In League, the cinematic trailers that you see for League, that yes. was actually a fan base, and they yeah. sent it to Riot and said, hey, you know, All the hey, music what do you too. think about that? Yeah, and the music. Yeah. And then uh, they sent it to Riot, and Riot said, hey, you want a job? Sure, I want you to make cinematic trailers for Riot. But, but, we can't call Riot indie, but what is Riot, really? What did they start? What were they really when they branched off? When they branched off, they, they were, indie. were just indie because they were they blew up the scrubs of Blizzard. Yeah, they blew up. <laughs> PUBG is indie, but they're just so big now, no one thinks of it, right? PUBG yeah. is now this like is a Goliath. But realistically, you sat over at War World World of Warcraft, and people at Blizzard didn't want to listen to you, and you basically said, "Cool, I'm gonna go over here and do it myself." Mm-hmm. Indie. An- another thing, Riot is young. Riot was, Riot was born in a totally different time than Nintendo, Sega, Microsoft, Sony, any of these big guys, Capcom, Konami. Riot is born of young gamers. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a totally different thing. And, it, and League is such a community-based game platform and entity. They, ha- they have to play by different rules for sure. That's and, and that's one of the reasons everyone loves Riot, and it's an amazing thing. But these companies that are older and think differently, they're they're never going to play the same as Riot, and that's why companies like Riot are so successful and will continue to be successful. But I I just can't imagine some of these quote old companies ever being as hip as Riot. Riot Riot's with it; they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, they gotta you gotta evolve with the time, and they just. Riot's also that company. They're they're ahead of it. They're ahead of everything. Riot's also the company that will come right outside their front doors, hold a press conference, and say, we fucked up. Our bad. We messed up this, this, and this. We're going to fix it next time. Our bad. Mm -hmm. You don't get that from... Like, Nintendo just sits there and goes, like, um, we're in October. Is anybody here paying for Nintendo online service like we were supposed to be? Nope. Yeah, I am. Oh, well, Okay. Moving on. Wait, wait, what am I paying you for? <laughs> I sent him a bill. Uh, oh, 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 yeah, I forgot, about, I forgot about that. No, but I mean, like, you're you know, welcome, Game of the Month winner of October. It's really expensive. <laughs> it's paid for your game. But has Nintendo come out and said anything about the horrible launch, the, the continuation of no news, no talk about anything about their online services? You know, we sit here and, and complain about you know, virtual console and all this stuff, but, like, let's be honest. None of us play Splatoon 2 anymore. None of us, like, we, we play a Switch when we're next to each other if we want to play multiplayer. We don't worry. I don't take my Switch online unless it's to download a game. And I don't care about its online functionality. You're, like, that angle of your system, you're losing your fan base because we're, we we're kind of, like, I almost am just giving up on it. I'm just, like, I'm going to play the Switch the way I play it now because I enjoy it. And... 
I don't really care if I can ever matchmake properly online and talk to my friends and stuff like that. I'll just do that on my PlayStation. But I'll enjoy Mario Odyssey single player over here. I'll go play, you know, Doom multiplayer over there. Even though you're going to have Doom over here, like, I, I don't have faith that I then can even... Then you won't be playing with me. Yeah, that I can even <laughs> play with play friends, Doom. you know? So, like... Well, because this is what Nintendo does, all right? They go, oh, shit. These guys are really upset that we haven't you know, come through with all these promises. So then they go, you want to know what? We're going to have a press conference about Nintendo Online and the Virtual Council. And then that day comes and everybody's like, oh, shit, they're going to say something about it. And they go up there and they clear their throat. <clears> throat> We just dropped 17 games on the eShop. Ready to go. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's you want to hear about virtual concert? We're here to talk about the biggest thing to happen in the Nintendo Switch. Xenoblade 2. Yeah. Like, no one cares! Yeah. Come on! Yeah. But, yeah, and the thing is, is that if you, the other problem I have, though, is that you go to the eShop, and you, like you said, you just recently went there. Is it not entirely a giant mess? Oh, it is. You, the eShop is a disaster. It's like you have new, you have popular, and you have coming soon, and then you can search. It's not like on the PlayStation Store where I can see, like, what are deals? What's no. currently being advertised? Alphabetized. It's like <laughs> I, I, I searched fighting games, and I did get, like, a slew of them, but when I was going through, I was finding games that were definitively not fighting yeah. games, and I was like... They really got to get this together. There's yeah. so many. Like, like, can they put a separate thing for like the Neo games? Like, I hate that they're like alphabetized, right. but separate. Like, yeah. this is a Neo, and I'm like, okay, can't you just like group it's called all the virtual the console? Yeah, if they had it, you could get nine. You could get nine versions. Like, you get nine versions of King of Fighter if you wanted it, but yeah. there's nothing. So it's so. I mean, like, I'm glad that games are coming out every week for it, but like, I've gotten to that point where I went and I looked and I was scrolling down because I hadn't been on there in a while either. And I hit the po- the popular, or not the popular, the, the newly released or whatever, right? I hit the end and realized, oh, there's I, I haven't got back to an area that I recognize. So there's still more games that I haven't seen. And then right on the bottom it says, see more, like, view more, or see more, right? And I click it, and it takes me to, like, when you load a website and it doesn't load properly and you just get, like, all the shit on the left side of the screen just scrolls for, like, 17 pages, <laughs> that's what it turns into, alphabetizing games, and then I have to type in what I want to search for. Well, guess what? I don't know what I want to search for because I haven't seen it. So, so to, to, prove, to prove your point, think about some of the early launch download-only games. Name, name four. Because they're out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, I mean, I know uh, the. I think it's RMX. Fast, fast RMX. Uh, I am Setsuna. Um, uh, Snipper Clips. And Snake Pass. Snake Pass was it, was it a launch title? It was close enough. We'll call okay. it. Or I was gonna say Shovel Knight, but these. Oh yeah, see, I didn't even think it's so. Yeah. And so, I love Shovel Knight. So these are games <laughs> that were essential to the launch of the system. They're buried and are good games, where they're completely buried because they're out of sight, yeah. out of mind because they don't. There's not a good way to promote things within the ecosystem yeah. they've created, and, the and it's po- a disaster. And the popular page, you're like, well, Shovel Knight's super popular. Well, it's buried in the popular page too because every week when something new comes out, it shoots up to the top. Yeah. So like. Yeah, it's just, it's so bad. And so for me, like, this is that example, like Nintendo just sitting back there and like, like nothing. They won't talk about it. They won't tell us any updates. They won't tell us anything, but you'll have Riot that'll like mess up like royally. And they'll just come out and be like, we we screwed this up. This is how we screwed it up. Um, You know, this is why we believe we screwed it up. 
this is how we're going to fix it. It's going to launch in November. You know, we'll talk then. They just they just <laughs> sent an article out like two days after it happened with all of the problems they were having with the play-in stage. Yeah. They had like a problem with like three or four games. They literally said, oh, they had nothing to do with the internet connection in China. That was our servers, our right. bad. Yeah, our bad. And the thing <laughs> is, is that we can sit there and say they're young and they're new and all this stuff, but like they're also the company that has the most successful concurrent player video game in the world. They, so their infrastructure is one of the most, you know, one of the most advanced infrastructures in the gaming industry right now. And and so the fact that they're young shows me that they they're like they've gone through growing pains, but they've they've done it. They they've made it work. They've communicated with their community and they've kept things, you know, healthy. And at times were there bad moments? Sure. I'm not saying everybody's perfect, but they 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 just in this day and age, right? If you want to talk about this current gamer, millennials, wh- whatever words you want to use, in this current day and age, People communicate, and and it's easier than ever to to you know talk bad about something, or sit there and say, man, we really like these guys because they're on top of it, yeah. or at least they're at least they're communicating with us, and because of it, you're you're spreading the right message versus the wrong message across millions of people playing your game or and, or your your system or whatever. And to Grim's point before, real quick is um this this is why we want Nintendo to let those young kids like start to, you know, show their presence in Nintendo. Because if they don't, then those young kids are going to say, well, see you, Nintendo, and they're going to create the next riot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All we right. Got, we definitely got to keep this rolling. We're going to have a four-hour show at the rate yeah. we're going. Uh, Great. Next, yeah, next couple topics are, are quick. I just wanted to mention Nintendo made a big change uh, over the weekend with their uh, streaming guidelines. Fuck YouTubers. Basically what that says. Nintendo uh, has always had a rocky relationship with those that create online videos of its games, but it just got worse this weekend as the company is now barring live stream gameplay on YouTube Live from channels that take part in the revenue sharing through its Nintendo Creators program. The Nintendo Creators program is something Nintendo set up that that these creators could join and they shared revenue with it. Instead of the typical, uh, that's uh, that's Nintendo. We take hundred percent. You know, they, they created this, which we thought was good. Well, now it's changing because live streaming on YouTube falls outside the scope of the Nintendo Creators Program. Uh, the company writes in a new note on its Nintendo Creators Program fact page: You cannot broadcast content on YouTube Live from the account that you have registered with Nintendo Creators Program. So. If uh, program participants that want to live stream their play of Nintendo games on YouTube can do so on a separate channel or cancel their participation in the revenue sharing program. So uh, all this following that you built and everything, you can leave it uh, or continue it, you know, but you follow our rules. But you have to build a, a brand new channel and, and tell everybody to come over here if you want to do live streaming. Uh, you can still obviously. Th- so what can you do on YouTube? You can you can record and post a, you know content you know after the fact it's not live it's not streaming um yeah so the nintendo creators program was already a compromised position between nintendo and video creators giving those creators up to 70 percent of the ad revenue generated from the video content featuring nintendo games Uh, before the program was set up nintendo claimed all of the ad revenue which we are familiar with um yeah that included any nintendo games so a lot of like streamers are getting around this by pushing everyone to Twitch. 
Exactly. That's what you. Yeah. So if I'm YouTube over here, I'm getting upset because then because you can't sit here and make a a, a decent, you know, business structure. Um, you know, you're hurting us on top of it by pushing people to Twitch. I don't. I don't get it. So yeah, legally, Nintendo has every right to uh, to do to. You know, to do this with any of its games, from appearing on online platforms and to claim the ad revenue from such videos. But most other publishers see live streaming video uh, and fan-created video as a form of engagement and free advertising that should be encouraged to help the bottom line. That's exactly what we've been saying. That's what's happening on Twitch. That's how Fortnite is becoming number one and people are pushing PUBG down. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. So yeah, this this just happened. Um, Your boys, Nintendo, man. Yeah, man, it's my dudes. I like the way they handle business. <laughs> you just wonder sometimes. Like, Get on Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> Who watches live streaming on YouTube? Get on Twitch like a grown yeah. man. I mean, that's true. That's right. true. Who does it? No one. Yeah. I, every time, like so and so is live on YouTube, I'm like, pass. Yep. Well, I do it for Xavier Woods. That's it. Well, yeah. Yeah, but that's yeah. Like, boy, Austin but, Creed. But yeah. if he moved to Twitch, you'd watch him on Twitch. Oh, yeah, like you know, definitely. yeah. So. There's nothing that YouTube Live itself offers that it, that makes me want to watch on YouTube instead. <coughs> it's just that either if the what? thing I want to watch is there, I'll watch it there, you know? But, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> just put more green on the green screen. <laughs> I just sneezed all over Dude, our green screen. Dude, all over my green screen. <sighs> well, I've been wiping my butthole with it, so don't go over by that corner. <laughs> Speaking of butthole, the Wii Shop channel is going to close. Our next topic, uh, 2019. So anything already purchased will be re-downloadable, uh, un- but until a later date. So even that's going to be discontinued. The Wii Shop channel, the original Nintendo Wii store, will be closing its doors forever on January 31st, 2019. Gotta bring in the goat. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So um, in preparation for the service shutting down, users will no longer be able to add Wii points <laughs> to their account as of March 27th, 2018. And yeah, so yeah, March 27th of next year is when you will no longer be able to add currency to your channel. This sounds horrible. <laughs> Can you please stop it? This is the theme music. This is theme music <laughs> in his head at night. This is <laughs> Following the closure of the mm. Wii Shop channel, Wii users will still be able to re-download anything they've already purchased, as well as transfer their content from Wii to Wii U using the Wii system transfer, but these services will also be shutting down at some point in the future uh, as well, so after the closure of the channel. I got like I got like 16 bucks I gotta square up on my Wii still. It'll probably go down as soon as we get online for the switch so we have a few decades <laughs> no they actually gave us dates already We're, we don't have decades yeah. i'm just saying did you listen to anything i just said jazzy no, no it's didn't. gonna happen <laughs> 2019 <laughs> it's gone 28 march march 2018 you can't even add currency anymore. i guarantee you on the 30th they're gonna be like shit we don't have nintendo online for the switch let's no. extend this this is not gonna happen this is the, the- latest announcement from nintendo <laughs> regarding the shuttering of the wii family it recently announced that miiverse would be shutting down in november and production of the wii u ended beginning of this year nintendo's console focus is of course the nintendo switch um so um, we will be moving into that and hopefully 
shutting this down is because they got to take their their three hamster servers that they have and reuse them for the Switch Online <laughs> the service. You got to like host it. those Neo Geo yeah. games somewhere. <laughs> they got to oil up those wheels. <laughs> They're like, shit, we just had 18 games this week. We right. need a new server. Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nintendo Online 2019. Yeah. But I'm done with Nintendo now. Now I'm going to bring up uh, Sony here, updated PlayStation VR model. Yeah, this is, this is sweet. Yeah. I, um, like I don't know if I'm going to call this sweet, Jazzy. You and I might have to go <laughs> at this, okay? Okay, let's go yeah. at this. Sony has announced that an updated version of its PlayStation VR model is on the way, arriving just in Japan mm-hmm. on October 14th with North America to follow and no word about European launch or anything like that. So. Mm-hmm. The model number is the CH or CUHZVR2 versus the uh, VR1, right? So it's the that's that's how you're going to tell the difference off the serial number. The the new and updated headset features several improvements over the original version. Several, okay? So let's get into this. The updated design means that the stereo headphone cables are now integrated with the headset as well as a, sli- a slimmer Streamline connection cable. Ooh. That's good news. That needed to happen. Okay. That's one. Now the, the second piece is the updated processing unit also features HDR pass-through compatibility. That's it. Ooh. I got rid of mine because I got tired of unhooking mine. So that I could use HDR 4K on my TV. Mm-hmm. And then when I wanted to use the, the VR, I had to hook it back up because it wouldn't pass through. And I was like, what brand new technology that your your system over here that produces HDR? The system that you made produces HDR content. And then the, the device that came out after your system can't pass through the HDR. Like... This is great, and this is news and all, and, and for anybody that's going to buy VR, make sure you pick up this model. But, like, this is not this is, this is what should have been in the first model. This should have been a launch model. Absolutely. That's what pisses me off. You know, like, it's not like we're sitting here going that, that you know, we got improved resolution and, or, or in, like, the, you know, your, your folk, the, the vision focus is improved. And, you know, things, things that I actually, like, thought, hmm, yeah, you know what, this still kind of feels like uh, beta. This doesn't feel like a finished product because you know, I'm sitting here trying to jumble this thing around my head and, and have limited functionality to, to, to make the device fit properly, let alone, you know, <laughs> Jazzy's favorite VR game right here. Let, can, yeah. Grim, can I ask you a quick question? Yes. What would you rather have back in your life? The PlayStation VR or Google Glass? <laughs> <laughs> which which early thing would you rather get back on that you adopted? Man, it probably would still be PlayStation VR. Oh, okay. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, I, I like what you're trying to do there, but I'm going to give it to the PlayStation <laughs> VR. Um, what would you rather have, Google Glass or be forced to play Monsters of the Deep? Uh, Google Glass, 100, 100 okay. times okay, over. Okay. Google Glass, 100 times over. And and by wearing Google Glass, I'd have to get punched in the dick daily. It'd still be Google Glass because Monsters, whatever this horrible <laughs> VR game is, trash. I, I don't have Google Glass, and that's what my life is like. So <laughs> I now know what it feels like. Every time for you when he puts Federation Forces on the screen. I, exactly. Thank you. You should right now. You should. 
Um, for but, anyone, uh, but this looks better than Federation Force. Uh, Honestly, no, I'm no, gonna, I'll, I'll be 100 no. honest with you. 100 honest with you. I'm more likely to play Monsters of the Deep than I am to play Final <laughs> Fantasy 15. <laughs> oh God! I would much rather play a fishing game. So for our listeners, we're watching uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy's, you know, fishing VR in the background here. Oh, was that a shark? Could you catch a shark? No. Jazzy, I need to borrow your VR. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone looking to, you know, for anyone looking to tell the difference between the two headsets when the new version goes on sale, Sony hopefully points out, th- or helpfully points out that the different number des- uh, designation for the new model, as well as pointing out that the product image on the packaging will be updated to represent the new hardware. So, um, again, according to uh, Japanese PlayStation website, the updated VR will launch on October fourteenth. Um, which retails for about that three ninety nine mark. The Japanese website also indicates that Sony is reviewing the PlayStation Move controller with an eye, la- launching a PS4 exclusive version with a micro B USB connection. So you're also looking at maybe a, a different type of bundle with the Move the uh, the Move controllers and the eye, along with you know the headset. So yeah. we'll see. All I have to say about this is this is the headset we should have got from the beginning. Everything that they've changed is something that I have a problem with with my current headset. True. Like, the, my, my Astros don't fit well over it, so it's True. super uncomfortable to hear something in stereo, basically. Um, that cable is like lifting up a fire hose. It is. It's, it it's is, awful. Yeah. <laughs> it I is do a lot of fire hose lifting, so don't worry, Jazzy. That's a fucking lie. Um, I'll help you out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. Let, it was we, a lie. We got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. Destiny Two news here. Um, I think I think we've all experienced this. I know Jazzy's experienced it. So oh, yeah. Jazzy, have you ever had that moment where it was just like you're trying to go to the tower and you're just staring at a black screen and everybody else is like, "We're at the tower," and you're kind of like, "What do you mean you're at the tower? I'm still looking at a black screen." I sat in a chat with you for seven <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it turns out it's a it's a known issue for the PlayStation. Uh, so if you're playing Destiny Two on the PlayStation Four and you've suffered the hands of the dreaded error CE three four eight seven eight Dash zero, Bungie wants you to know it's working with Sony to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> the problem affecting players entering the tower, but also arises during general gameplay. According to Bungie, um, for the first time, Bungie has advised players to follow the at Bungie help and ask PlayStation on Twitter for more up-to-minute announcements. But they do have a few things for you to try right here. Bungie previously advised players to turn off the HDCP settings on their PS4 consoles as some have reported luck diminishing the frequency of the crashes by doing that. But I believe if you do that, then your system isn't capable of supporting, uh, if you're running a pro, let's say, Mm -hmm. I believe that disables HDR and some other functionality within the system. Yeah. Yeah. And also uh, screws up with uh, streaming functionalities, too. No, it makes streaming easier. You or that's what enables... Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to yeah, turn that, off the stream. Yeah, that's what it is. So, I'll tell you what, though. If I change that setting... But the second you put a Blu-ray in your system, you're fucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if you also, try to watch Netflix. <laughs> also, if I change that setting on my PS4 right now, since I'm running it through my VR, because it's hooked up currently, oh, yeah, that's- I get black screen. <laughs> So guess what? I have the same fucking problem because I'm trying to run <laughs> Destiny 2 through my VR. Uh, yep, yep. That's exactly it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Bungie has known about the issue and officially acknowledged it on the Destiny 2 uh, crash issue 
on its official forums that's working on it. So we'll uh, we'll keep you up to date. But if you've been dealing with that issue, um, join the crowd. Yeah, join the crowd because we all have. All right, next topic is for Deadeye himself. I just had to I had to bring it up just because you know it, it's 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 live now. Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic is out on Steam right now. Why is it not on your computer? Like, why are we still recording this podcast? You should just stop it, download it, and play it. Time out. Who says it's not on my computer? Okay, that's fair. Okay, but he, okay, let's let's talk about something real quick. Cable, this is not the right game, is it? Yes, this is the first one. First trailer for Roller Coaster. Uh, let's touch. Thank one. you, Cable. <laughs> Wrong one. Wrong don't one. act like I don't know about my tycoon life. <laughs> I was impressed that Wrong. within five seconds Wrong. he was calling yep. you. He was calling <laughs> you hard. I'll put you on blast. Super yeah. quick. It's called classic. Classic trailer. I saw it up, 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 up. So there these it is. these are supposed to be cleaned up remakes of the first two games, and people are super hype about it. But Roller Coaster Tycoon One and Two have been on Steam forever. It, it's not like that's new. People are messaging me like, did you know it's on Steam now? But like, yeah, I have Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. Where did I get it? Steam. Like, it's been on. <laughs> Where so, did I get it? Steam, motherfucker. So, so I don't understand. Like, everyone's like, oh, my God, it's back. Like, you know, you were sleeping on it. It's always been there for but the But this faithful. is Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic. Which I have on my tablet. <laughs> no, you have touch on your tablet. No, I have Roller Coaster <laughs> Listen. I think I know what versions of the greatest game ever made I have on my tail. Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic. Oh, yeah. Well, how many park scenarios are in Roller Coaster Tycoon? Somewhere around 91. Ooh, it was 95. Good try, though. Thanks. Loser. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's awesome. If you've never played Roller Coaster Tycoon, you haven't lived life. You just haven't done it, so you need to download it. It's only 20 bucks. You get the first two games, and you could literally flush your entire existence down the toilet in building theme parks. It's awesome. I love the game. All right. Next up, maybe Jazzy wants to talk about this a little bit, but Blizzard launches Battle.net app for the iOS and the Android. Here's what I'm going to tell you about this real quick, okay? Um, the app works. <laughs> you can use it to message your friends, set up games, download con- It's basically... So it's basically it's Nintendo Battle, Online. It's Battle.net on your phone... Which is Nintendo Online. Yeah, it's like the Nintendo app. It works perfect. Same. It works like it's supposed to. <laughs> yeah. So everything that this app does by Blizzard is what Nintendo should have done. Your fucking face. It works like it's supposed to. <laughs> it does. <laughs> they basically said, hey, we're going to make an app that takes Battle.net and puts it in an app. And that's exactly what it does. Dear Nintendo, take note. They wanted to do something... <laughs> And they did it. And it works. And it works. The way it's supposed to. Just the way they said it was going to. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was cool. That's uh, that's out now, so you can download it. And yep. uh, cool things like QR code, if you're out on the go and you, you're talking to someone and you want to become friends, they can just scan your QR code and boom, you're, you're friends now on Battle.net, um, along with the mobile chat, too. So you can strategize and stuff even when you're away from your computer. Yeah. So it's set up raids for Destiny too. Yeah. Or just use the MCG PC. Discord because it's free. Discord in the chat. Yeah, and you already have Discord on your phone probably. So just hop on in and enjoy the the fun at Motor City Gaming Discord. Go to the website motorcitygaming.com. It's a website. Click that button right on the homepage. Also and you're done. Real quick, the Discord app on your phone works better than Nintendo Online. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it just works. All right. Next topic, we got the October free Xbox Games with Gold lineup. 
So we wanted to cover this for any of our Xbox fans looking what they're going to get this this month. We have Gone Home Console Edition from through the whole month of October. Uh, the Turing Test from October 16th through November 15th. Rayman 3 HD through the first half of October, the first through the 15th. And then Medal of Honor Airborne through the second half of October, the 16th through the 31st. Fun game. Yeah, so those are those are what's uh, in line for Xbox this month, and actually the um that's a good list. All four of those games are actually pr- are good, so uh, I'm 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 happy with that. That's uh, solid. If you have uh, Xbox Live, you're gonna enjoy some games this month for sure. Uh, following that up is of course our PlayStation Plus October 2017 free game lineup revealed. And um, we're going to give the win to, to PlayStation this month because oh, wow. Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain is free. Amnesia cool. Collection is free. Monster, um, Those are both for the PS4. Monster Jam Battlegrounds for the PS3. The GOAT! <laughs> Hustle Kings for the PS3. Uh, we have Hue for the Vita and the PS4. And then a big one for me, Sky Force Anniversary for the Vita, PS4, and PS3. It's a good thing. This is a fun game. I don't know if y'all have that on your PS3. But it's what would you say? Monster Jam Battlegrounds is a great game for the PS3? <laughs> I don't, I've never heard of that. That's game. what you just said that, didn't you? No, I said Hustle, Hustle Kings. Kings. Oh, yeah, he said Hustle Kings. That's Hustle, a cool game. Pitch it to me. <laughs> Tell me about it. Well, it's just a virtual pool game, and it actually works. Like it, it feels like you're shooting real pool. Yeah, like, it's got good. It, it, it does have um, for a pool game. The physics in it are really good. Does yeah. my living room start to smell like whiskey and cigar smoke? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, you it's pretty much the, like Ron Burgundy. You have to buy the DLC. <laughs> in your home. Yeah, you have to buy the DLC for that though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, microtransactions. I'm excited for Hugh. Hugh looks cool. Yeah, but again, I've heard Sky- a lot of good things about that game. Plus, Sky- I could put it on my Vita. Yes, yeah. Plus, I have something for my Vita. Exactly. I already own Sky Force Anniversary because I I love that game. It, top down, top down, um, plane shooter that that I've played a ton of. That was that was like my go to handheld game before the Switch came out. I just carried my Vita around everywhere and played just that game. You know that because I was doing that work like nonstop. Yeah, I was worried you were going to get fired. Yeah. Well, you know. I actually think that might have caused your heart problems. It probably did because it was on the Vita. (laughs) (laughs) The Vita causes all sorts of problems. But, yeah, so uh, that's a good list. It's a a good list of games. So if you're on Xbox or PlayStation, you have a a good month ahead of you. And then let's close out the news tonight with uh, what we were all waiting for last week. We brought it up. We talked about it. Well, it happened. Red Dead Redemption 2 is a prequel, and we got story details and a new protagonist. So, um, Rockstar released the teaser on Twitter and stuff showing that they were going to make an announcement last Thursday. Um, and we got, you know, we got there, the announcement revealed official details about the game's story, which will be a prequel and star a new character, Arthur Morgan, not the John Marston that we were expecting. So I'm okay with this. Yeah, and uh, you know, if anything, this actually makes me more interested. Like we were talking about prequels, right, and how they bug me. This makes me more interested because it's a different character. I'm not, I'm not following the same character that I already know their outcome. Mm-hmm. And even if they're in this game as a support character around, that's fine. So, um, Rockstar describes the game as the story of outlaw Arthur Morgan and the uh, Van Deer Lindy gang as they rob, fight, and steal their way across the vast and rugged heart of America in order to survive. Um, so, 
also known as the Dutch Gang, um, which is the last game's protagonist John Marston would eventually join and leave. Spoiler alert. But <gasps> the, trailer, <laughs> the trailer shows what looks like several activities, including hunting, breaking, uh, breaking horses, bank and train robberies, and yes, lots and lots of violence. We also uh, see several different kinds of environments, including the expected Old West towns, prairies, pine forests, snowy mountains, and crocodile hiding swamps. So I can start doing that again and throwing jazzies into the swamp like I did in Mafia? Yes. That, that was fun. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So For the wrong reasons. You know, I nope. think the... Uh, All right reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Along, alongside the story, we know that the game will feature an online mode set in the main, uh, main game world. It seems extremely likely that this will be Red Dead's take on the successful Grand Theft Auto online template. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. The... Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 will be released on PS4, Xbox One in spring of 2018 after the uh, the delay was announced. So, but um, but we didn't get any like official month or official date or anything that I think a lot of people were expecting here. But we did get our our new character. We got to see some very very pretty visuals. I mean, this game looked oh, gorgeous. Yeah. That that was the first thing where I was like, wow, this looks really nice. Um, so yeah, we, that, that's where we're at right now. What do you, what do you think? I'm, I am more interested in playing this Red Dead than I've ever been with any Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead or past Red Dead game. I'm very excited for this game. I think because of the visuals of this is making me even more excited. But at the visual time, Red Dead was just a fun game. If you haven't played it, I suggest go back and play it for at least one playthrough. Cause it's I played the zombie version. Zombie was fun. Yeah, but the full game is a lot of fun. Like it, you should definitely go back. I would say I'm more excited for this than I am of GTA Five. Oh, that's yeah, that's big. That's big. Because when I, I think I just finished, because I got to Red Dead late, and I just finished it probably within that year, same year of GTA Five coming out for the PS3. Man, can you imagine some of the online functionality of this game though? Oh, it's going to be. I mean, if it was on the Switch, there would be none. But but this isn't on the Switch, so <laughs> we actually gonna have online functionality. And I'm just think I'm thinking like, I I haven't played it a lot. Would be of, there. Yeah. We just couldn't actually use it. Yeah, that's true. I I I follow a lot of Grand Theft Auto online functionality, and, and I hear a lot of things. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. But I just it never like pulls me right. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, man. Like online bank robberies in the old west, like that's what um, I was just about to say. Like yeah. we can do heists where your your gang can just sh- rob a train. Yeah. Oh my god, that's gonna be. Sweet. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, I, I, I really, I really like the idea that uh, that's gonna be built into this game. Look, he's getting excited over here. He's I like, did. I did. He's like, I didn't think about that. I know, I didn't. <laughs> I, and then I thought, like, and then I immediately got sad because I was like, man, I'm going to help them rob this bank, and then Cable's going to throw me in a crocodile pit after we've done it. <laughs> yeah, pretty, much. Uh, pretty much. If yeah. there's any kind of swamp area, Jack is going in. <laughs> <laughs> I was super excited to be part of the team, and then I realized it was a ruse. <laughs> but yeah. hey, it's a, it's a heist underneath that water there. You should go get it. It looks good. Rockstar, you know, is that company that's known that's been known in the past for uh, buggy engines that we've been waiting to see what they're going to do. And this this new this next step that they're taking does seem very impressive. I mean, we won't know until we actually play the game how if it's typical Rockstar with lots of problems out the gate. 
or if it's, you know, a new step for them in the right direction. But from what we've seen so far, this is a game that normally I would sit there and say, probably not for me. And now I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent going to pick this game up. Oh, day one pickup. Yeah. If they have a collector edition, I will be having that because I'm a huge fan of the series. Anything from Deadite? Not really interested. Man. You're gonna get this game. I doubt it. I mean, it look it looks nice, but for some reason, watching this trailer, don't, I, I'm I'm not sitting here thinking like, gotta get that pre-ordered. That could change down the line. But as of right now, it looks nice. It just looks like it's something that uh, he hasn't seen the bear about. scene yet. There's there's bears. It's bears in Breath of the Wild. I already had my bear. <laughs> there's bears in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, so I, I this is, I'm not saying this in like a negative way. It's just right now I haven't been hooked. There's other games coming up here in 2018 um, that I'm much more excited for, specifically like God of War, Spider Man. So. Early. That's both early. Yeah, this is spring. Spring's still pretty early. That's true. That's true. I figure you'll be done with. Well, you probably won't be done with God of War because God of War takes forever. Man. I won't even be. I won't even be done with Breath of the Wild by next spring. Okay, so I was say he's I think take, I caught up with you, but yeah, yeah, you he just, probably have. He I'm just six. takes. Yeah, he's just slow. Like I don't think like God of War. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be that long of a game. I think it's going to be a lot longer. I think they have a lot of story they want to tell in this one. Man, I don't know because I I've played every God of War and I feel like it's a, you know. 10-hour game, and if then if you want to go and try to, like, collect every item and stuff, yeah, maybe you'll double that. But, like, it's not – I don't want Kratos to be a 30-, 40-hour game. Oh, no, I don't want that either. You can't, can't do it. I'm just hoping for maybe, like, a 12- to 14-hour game. Because God of War is one of those games that I, I generally grind through that game like a Metroid game where I do want every, you know – um ability power and every little secret thing I, I i like to unlock it all so so i because of it i put a little more time because people beat metroid in you know under seven hours um and faster than that. i mean you can speed run it for sure but i mean like a full playthrough where you where you grabbed a lot seven eight hours i put 18 hours into it because i i scoured every inch like if there's a piece of the map that wasn't exposed i went and exposed it so like that's that's similar to what i enjoy playing god of war so, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for Red Dead, and and this is and I'm I'm actually was your in your situation. I did not care about uh, Revolver. I didn't care about Red Dead Redemption One. The only time I even tried it was the Zombie Edition because Brick Bitch bought it, and I and I played it, and yeah, it was okay. But again, it's just it was the same thing as like Grand Theft Auto. I just was like, I don't care. So I'm realizing that in the stage of my life that I'm in, I only have room for a few really big games. I have more room for games that are quicker play or, you know, something that's a, a game that's pick up and play for 20 minutes and move on with my day. Something that's like going to suck me in for an entire weekend. You know, like that's sort of like I just want to sit down and dive into this world. I don't have a lot of time for it, so I have to be more selective. I know that's how Spider-Man's going to be. You know, oh, like Spider-Man. so like I'm saving room for that. And that's how I know Breath of the Wild has been. It was easy for me to put Sonic Mania in my gaming schedule. It was easy for me to fit Metroid in cuz it's portable and it's, you know, some it's not an open world. When it comes to these big world games or RPG games, I have to be selective of the ones I get excited for because I just I don't have the time for them all. Yeah, Spider-Man is making me want to buy another monitor. <laughs> yeah. It's a, what was it, 34-inch one? Who was that? I think I was talking to uh, Five Mile Rick about it. It's a 34-inch curved screen um, ultra LED 
HDR is like it's freaking huge. And I was like, I want that. I'm gonna put Spider Man on my 4K HDR Sony TV. I'm gonna enjoy it because it's not a shooter, and I don't worry about twitch reflexes. It's gonna look beautiful on my TV. But I'm gonna play it on my hand-me-down 50-inch DLP. <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, I might move the PlayStation down to my yeah. my falling apart Toshiba. When it comes to when it comes to Spider Man, you're gonna at least try to give it the best. You're gonna come over here and be like, "Can I borrow one of your TVs?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was our attack on the news for these topics and much more. Visit our visit motorcitygaming.com and continue the conversation in our Discord community. Remember, Discord is free and it's easy to join if you're watching this live, explanation point Discord. Otherwise, go to the website and right on the homepage, click the button. But, uh, Jazzy, I think uh, we're going to listen to you talk for a little bit. Yep. Welcome to Summoner's Rift. So this is a little bit risky. Oh my god, Frybrook, are you kidding me? Ambition steals the Elder Dragon. Oh, let's break it. Damn. Man, this crowd is this crowd is crazy right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to keep it a little short this week because I'm going to have a lot of hype for next week. And here's why. The playing stage is done. We have our winners, our four winners. They've been selected and put into their groups. So in group A, joining Edward Gaming, AQ AHQ Esports and SK Telecom, our hometown boys of Cloud9, <laughs> really yeah. putting them into the struggle. <laughs> They're going to come out one seed. They're going to come out one seed. So, man, I'm hoping watch. they do. They Out of the four teams that made it from the playing stage, Cloud9 has the best chance against Group A. Yeah, but I, I would have preferred them not to be in Group A. But, <laughs> Correct. But I'll take, I, I still have faith. Joining the Group B, Gigabyte Marines, Immortals, and Longju Gaming is European Fanatic. Fanatic, go home. Immortals got you locked down. <laughs> <laughs> in Group C, <laughs> in Group C, joining G2 Esports, Royal Never Give Up, and Samsung Galaxy, we have 1907 Fender Bach Espor. Weak ass name. And then in Group D, <laughs> joining the Flash Wolves, TSM, and Misfits Gaming, we have Team WE. Yeah, so let me just cover this for you. The four teams that probably should have uh, just been put into Worlds and, and the play in group should have not existed, they're in Worlds. They're in Worlds. So yeah. the play, like, like, even Team uh, Fender Stratocaster or whatever they are? Yeah. Sure. Uh, out of their group, yeah. Yeah, okay. Actually, out of their group. Yep. Um, what was it? HK. Um, Hong Kong Attitude, HKA was the team I think that was supposed to yep. at least put a put a fight up against the 1972 Fibonacci, yep. whatever. <laughs> you know. Stradivarius, yeah. Yeah. yeah, whatever. So, um, but in the end, these teams just steamrolled. It was just yeah, like wasn't even wasn't even fun to watch. Yeah, like C9, there was one game that like C9 should have lost, and they still won. Like they should. C9 should have lost game two, yep. and they still won. Like, that's that. Like, I had I loved watching that game, but I was like, oh dear God, this team's bad if like if they let that happen. I like they had one turret and the Nexus left, that was it, and they won. It was bad, it, it was, was really bad because even C9, you could have one guy backdoor the, yeah. <laughs> the backdoor base yeah. raced in one, and yeah, then yeah, they no. took C9's strategy against them by stealing the blue buff all the time and kept um the mid laner from getting I can't think of his name at all Jensen Jensen, yeah, they couldn't yeah. let Jensen get the blue buff whatsoever, didn't, didn't work, yeah, 
He didn't even need a blue buff. And then the other teams, it was just, I mean, C9 3-0, they ended up sweeping. But, like, I think every series was a sweep except one. Am yeah. I right? One Defen- Defender Bakker. Was 3-1, though. 3-1, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's going to have to fix that. Well, that starts, so group stages are set. That starts this Thursday, which is October 5th. And uh, since it's over in China... Eastern Standard Time, you're looking at a 3.30 a.m. start yeah. to, to these games. I think C9's first game is 5.30 a.m. Yes. So, 3.30 start. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I uh, will. The Immortals the will be playing at 5.30 a.m. Uh, I can get up before And then, C- <laughs> actually, C9's first game on Thursday, October 5th, is at 7.30 a.m. See, that one I could actually get up for. <laughs> well, what would my wife say? And I'm like, yeah, man, she's like, what do you do? Like, get my phone, get my headphones. And she, what do you do? I'm like, I got to watch League of Legends at <laughs> 5.30 in the morning. She'd be like, she'd be like you, you should just take my phone away and break it. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, yeah. you, you've gone off the deep end. Also, go get divorce papers ready because it's over. <laughs> no. I'm, going, I'm going to hang out with the real man, the farmer. Ah, yeah, my wife's going to leave me for a farmer. With a Camaro and a mansion. Yep. All right. Additional news: We <laughs> did have a drop today that the NALCS will be returning to a best of one series versus a best of three, like this last LCS. The last two LCS splits were. Um, basically, that's due to the fact that we're franchising, and it's just going to be easier to run the league that way. Um, well, they it, said it's healthier for the league. That healthier for the league, right? Viewership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's easier for someone to tune in and watch a match, and then and then move on with their day, versus having to dedicate you know potentially three hours to watch a series, right? And it's it's definitely easier to get someone to watch a forty minute to an hour match than three hours, right? For sure. And so I get it, but at the same time, it it bugs me a bit. So like, and and I read this article too, where they had some of the some professionals or ex professionals chime in on on mm-hmm. this decision because it used to be this way. And, and you're saying, like, as of, uh, you said two splits, but did you mean two full seasons? No, two, it literally, best of three was this last season. That's it. Before? It was best of one. It was. And, and then they okay. went best of three for this past season, yeah. and now it's going back to best of one. Yeah. It, it, I guess it bugs me a little bit, but it also, at the same time, I like it for two reasons. Here's why. You'll go in and you'll watch a team win game one. And you'll watch the other team change their strategy so well that they win the next two, mm-hmm. no problem. And then your team, and, and it's like, damn, that sucks. The the other team, the other team couldn't adjust like like TSM could or something, right? And I like the fact that it's one game. You come in with a strategy, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then you lose, and you move on to the next week. But I don't like it because if a team has that skill ability. That they can adjust and then win a, win a series because of it, then the only opportunity they're going to get that in is going to be postseason. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you you give and you lose a little bit here, but I think overall, yes, it's better for it's better for viewership. It's better for the league. Um, the one thing I did think interesting from Pro Belter, right? The uh, the mid laner is it that the there's a mid laner yeah, of immortals? Mid laner yep. of immortals. Um, he came out and actually said that. He, he was against the move because as of last split, he, he'll have played more matches last split than all of this coming season because of this adjustment. 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't think they, of it from, the, from a player standpoint. Yeah, they don't I get to play as much. That. Yeah. And then they're playing practice and scrims, and it's yeah. not the same because the competitive level is just not there. So. Right. I mean, Pro Belter knows. That's my dude. Right. He does. That's my dude. I will be putting this article up on the uh, webpage and then in the League of Legends uh, chat room in our Discord. I want to hear from you guys. So tell me what you think. You think that the best of one is better for franchising uh, next year? Or do you think that leaving it as a best of three is... I think when you move to a best of one, you take ability away from coaching. Right. I, I, to me, like there's, there's some of the strategy involved in the matching and the matches is lost because of this. And then all of a sudden it needs to be there in postseason. But you didn't have it at all before that, you know. And so for me, it's weird. It's kind of like, okay, we're going to come in and we're going to run strategy, you know, Alpha Bravo, and we don't, you know, and we're assuming that this team's going to come in with the concept that they're going to build around this person, and then they go build around a completely different person. It all snowballs. You lose, and you're like, oh damn, we just guessed wrong. Yeah, that's kind of that bugs me. And a it's little all bit. a shot in the dark because these teams are keeping their like practice and stuff like that pretty hush hush, and they're not utilizing everything that they're planning in like True. their scrims with each other and stuff. So it's literally a shot in the dark as to who's just going to have the edge in that game series. Yeah. So I, looking at it from me not being a player, from looking at it as a product that's marketable and you're trying to gain viewership, it's they. Smart. They can now say, okay, let's say, let's just say, like we've saw some league on ESPN too, right, or on, on a version of ESPN, right? Yeah, yeah. So now they could do throughout the season, they could do Saturday mornings at seven a.m. or whenever it's going to be that they're going to show these broadcasts. Here's a two-hour window. Or here's a three-hour window. You're going to see this team versus this team, this team versus this team, and that team versus that team. True. And they can bill it out, and they can promote it, and they can actually fit it into a TV block where they're going to attract fans of each different team to that entire hour of pro entire block of programming instead of you only connecting with two fan bases in three hours you're now going to get six fan bases in three hours to get their eyeballs on that programming and that's going to make it easier to monetize and grow it from a public standpoint 100 percent agree with everything you said with one snafu one potential major issue and that simply is is the competition going to work or are we going to see because it's one match and wins all, are we going to see the elite teams dominate everybody else and it's going to be just all or nothing? It's going to be TSM. It's going to be the three teams that we're used to seeing up yeah, here TSM and then Cloud all the nine, other guys so, are just yep. at the bottom and then playoffs comes around and it's the same thing every time. We, and we, it's going to turn the NBA. You know, <laughs> we're this all season, we're this season, we saw Team Dignitas. We saw... You immortals. Know, immortals. We even saw FlyQuest tease their way through a gauntlet that we thought, oh my God, could they actually <laughs> like right. make it into the playoffs? And, uh, you know, so so for me it was, uh, I don't know. I, well, I'm going to have to see how it feels, but I, I'm a little worried about the competition, how it's going to, how I think it might unbalance the league yeah. more, more than it already is. I, th I think it's going to be safe in the fact that it's been like this before. So it's not going to be something like a dramatic change to league itself. Like, hey, we used to do this. It worked back in the day. And then we, you know, decided to go to best of three. Now we're back to best of one. So 
I don't know if these are analytics that Jazzy would be able to find or have access to, but if we were to look at the teams, maybe just focus on North America, if we were to look at the teams that are traditionally considered successful, uh, your TSMs, your Cloud9s, your Immortals, and I'd be curious to know what percentage of first games they lose. Oh, yeah. TSM, I can tell you, is awful. It's so, terrible. So so that can greatly change the, the dynamic of the league. If we know that TSM is a team that adjusts really well and they do much better at taking games two and three, mm-hmm. it could definitely change the sort of paradigm yeah. of North America or of each particular yeah. league. So that's something that's just something that I guess they'll have to plan I for. I guess my See, whole... TSM themselves is, a, is an awkward situation because they, when we, they were in... The best of one series back this two years ago, they win. Yeah, they they almost had the perfect season where they went like seventeen and one in in the best of one series. Right, but, but then they last... went into this last season, which was a best of three, and they lost more game ones than I think well, any and, other team. Immortals, like okay, so seventeen and one, no one had a chance. Like they were going to worlds, no one had a chance. North America Championship didn't mean anything. They could have lost it and still walked their way into worlds. Mm-hmm. This year. Immortals tied them. They went in, and, and yes, TSM got the one seed, and Immortals got the two seed, but they went into the North America Championship neck and neck because, it, right, it was different. But before that, it was complete domination. There was just there was no one even near them. So that's what I'm worried about is that, that same thing where we're going to get these just teams that run away with it, and then, the, and then you know what? If it's 20 weeks long, you're not going to care for 16 weeks because you'll be like, oh, I know who's going to be there at the end. I'll just pay attention to the playoffs at the end. So we'll see. Yep. F- follow us on Discord, League of Legends chat. We can continue it there. Uh, last little bit of news is something that's been a problem with esports since the day it started, and that is <laughs> not paying your players. Oh, boy. So we've got two more teams. Hero of the Storm players have basically said, sorry, playing ducks, but we're no longer going to play for you because you haven't paid us in the past four months. Well, I mean, one problem is you're playing Heroes of the Storm, so exactly. that's probably why you don't have no money. Yep. But it also comes back to CSGO, where we have people that are from Denial Esports that are also saying that they're owed a backlog of $50,000 oh and have God. currently left <laughs> Denial Esports and are potentially uh, in you know lawsuit situation uh, yeah. for uh, back pay. 50K? Uh, 50K that they're owed. Oh, wow. So, been a big problem with esports with, you know, oh, it's just video games, it's supposed to be fun, and mm. I know these players go business, through a man. lot, and it's business, and uh, you need to pay your players, and wow. some of these esports teams just aren't manning up and putting the money where uh, it needs to be, which is continuing yeah. their team making the money. So, But this is also where I think play, people like Blizzard and Riot are stepping in with this franchising and, and this, new, this new league development to, to make it safer for professional gamers to find a home and actually get what they're told they're going to get. And I yep. think so I think, you know, Riot obviously leading the way and Blizzard right there with them. It's unfortunate that this has happened, but when you mention uh, you know, when you mention CS:GO, it doesn't necessarily have that unionized company franchising going yep. around it right now. So um, that's a that's a bummer. That's a, like Heroes of the Storm I was kind of like okay, but at the same time Which is a Blizzard product. So, which is a yeah. Blizzard product, yeah. right? Um, the CSGO, like $50,000, and and CSGO has been around since, like, the birth of esports. Like True. It, yeah. It, one of the youngest esports, yeah, for it's sure. Yeah, it's one of the first ones. So something that's been around that long, I would just have assumed that, okay, maybe they're not into, like, 
you know, the curve where Riot and, and Blizzard right behind them are with, you know, creating franchises and teams yeah. and stuff of like that. But at the same time, like, you've been here long enough that you right. should know what to it's do. It's one thing if an if a organization is struggling with uh, revenue. And and there's and there's an, there's a a problem going on and maybe they have to go through bankruptcy or whatever. But it's another thing when your players are reporting fifty thousand dollars. First of all, as a player, you've stayed there too long. Fifty thousand dollars. Yep. yep. Um, I don't know what they what they were you know if they were whispering you know something in your ear that like don't worry we got it coming. But like that no you gotta you gotta stop get a lawyer involved and and bail like i get it that like you need like you're a professional player and and you don't necessarily have a team to go to and and dropping out of your game and taking time off is a huge disadvantage for you to continue in this path but you know i wouldn't go to work if i hadn't received four paychecks in a row like if i if i was missing one paycheck I'd be right in HR and I'd be making a fuss and be like, what's going on? The second paycheck that, that was missing, I'd be like, cool, I'm out. See ya. Peace. Yep. Man, I worked a job where I didn't get paid for like two months. Yeah. It's probably JP Creative Arts. Man, uh, that's <laughs> correct. No, I, I, ran, I ran Michigan State's college radio station for two months without being paid, and I finally had to be like, hey, uh, I can't afford enough gas to come back to work after my internship this weekend, so we need to make some checks show up like fast. <laughs> like I'm literally broke because I've been working here, but that's because it was a job I love. So I could see those guys holding out a little yeah. while, hoping that something hoping, got fixed, hoping it got straightened out. Man, that type of money missing, you know something's wrong in that organization. I was yeah. missing dozens of dollars, not thousands of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what's happening in the world of esports. Next week will be much more hype, much more excited because Cloud9 and TSM will be on to the next round of Worlds and Immortals will be crying their asses on the way home. Wow. It oh. seems unlikely, Jazzy. Would you like to make some sort of gentleman's wager? Mm. <laughs> I would. <laughs> TSM makes it further in Worlds than the Immortals. Okay. What, uh, what are we betting? I got it. Jazzy really wants a tattoo. I'm not going to pay for Jazzy's tattoo. No, I'm saying. If Immortals makes it through and TSM doesn't, he's got to get an Immortals tattoo. No, I couldn't even I couldn't even ask Jazzy to do that. We'll, we'll, we'll think about this, and then we'll, hey, he's we'll, the put, guy it want, he's we'll the, put it up in the Discord. He's the guy that wants a TSM tattoo? Oh, oh no. no. Oh. He's no. not even sure if he ever wants a tattoo. I was, yeah. It was all bullshit, but... But I'm just saying, this is the guy that wants to own every uh, every league jersey or every team jersey. So I'm like, what? What's the point? Why? Why not have every logo tattooed on your body? I mean, come on. Imagine, imagine the screen time you'd get at events. Imagine a cloud nine like the nine loop going around your butthole. Yeah. If I got like giant <laughs> tattoos like all over my body, to where it was just like like those NBA posters. And if I took my shirt off, technically it's kind of like another shirt, so I wouldn't get banned from Twitch, right? I, I'm hairy enough where it's technically nipples. like another shirt. Oh, we came up with an idea of how we can be shirtless. By the way, we thought we thought about this at the at Chops's uh, party. Okay. Yeah, because when you're around Chops, you think of really good things. So we can't be shirtless because of our nipples. Exactly. So what we do is we take green tape and we tape our nipples, and then you put cartoon nipples on us. Because cartoon nipples are allowed. That is true. So then we can be shirtless with cartoon nipples, and we're golden. Dibs on Mario's nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I got he dibs, has, by the way. I got dibs on. Made think of this? Why <laughs> cartoon nipples? It was, it was chops. I told, I told you, you like, when like, you're yeah. in in a place with chops, smart things happen. That's all I'm saying. So okay. we have found our way around 
nude streaming on Twitch. Can we make my nipples buttholes? <laughs> no, because then we get in trouble. <laughs> but as long up. as they're cartoon buttholes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, that still might be not allowed. Cable, can no. you look in? <laughs> Our video producer's like, you all are fucking stupid. No. Man, I thought we had something there for a minute. Uh, I, our producer's Cable 2X and butthole nipples. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you probably can bring that screen back up because remember, you can influence this podcast by joining patreon.com slash Podcast. like Button Master Caleb. Yeah. Yeah. I hate loot boxes and microtransactions. So do I. But this is how it reads. I hate loot boxes and microtransactions. Man, can you read it not screaming into the <laughs> mic, though? That'd be cool. Well, that's what it says right here. Tell them not to type it like that. <laughs> Well, our producer's <laughs> mad at you now. That's great. It sucks to see a $60 Just mute his mic. Game. I'll read the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, it sucks to see a $60 game have features and progress blocked behind a paywall. Publishers might think it keeps games with service relevant longer and the cost of AAA games at $60. Do we believe these cats? Should we be happy... To have the whales pay $600 on Madden or NBA 2K18 so prices stay at $60 for the rest of us? Or are the publishers just being greedy, money-hungry anti-gamers? Your friend, BMC. So it's your friend for life, BMC. I know, that scared me that I'm going to be his friend for life. P.S. I think most developers hate microtransactions as well. So I want to tackle the bottom of this first. I think he's 100% wrong about developers. Developers care about money too. Yeah. So if they got to deal with that, like, like I don't know if we want to use Madden, so EA, right? And then and EA is also the developer, but but let's say there's a developer and a publisher, and they got a deal where every microtransaction is a 50-50 split or 60-40 split. The developer cares at that point because that's money in their pocket to make another video game, to hire another employee, to get the super fancy 3D model rendered guy or the famous you know uh, Miyamoto to work on a project or something like that. They got to pay those people. So like microtransactions matter to everyone that's involved that's making a book, yeah. period. And um, I hate I hate loot boxes and microtransactions if indeed they do uh, halt progression or put a wall behind something that is on my disc that I bought for sixty bucks. It's one thing to download League of Legends for free, play the free rotation, find a character I really enjoy. I I'm not patient enough to earn the in-game currency to buy it, so I decide to buy them. That's different because it's like, yeah, you know what? I may have spent eight bucks on that character, but I also didn't just spend sixty dollars for the game. True. And so that that's the big difference here is that we're and, and we talked about this on uh, on a, so I think Alpha and on a previous um, Gamezilla show here is that we we do this where we're seeing the mobile business model of microtransactions, loot boxes and stuff for free games that you download from the app store move into the main gaming realm where you have, you still buy the disc, you still buy this copy of a game and you put money into it over and over again. And so like games like, uh, you know, destiny or overwatch, um, you know, like overwatch doesn't have the progression halt, but, but I've bought loot boxes because there's things I wanted that they've put time-sensitive you know, moments on that I can't generate 
Because I because going back to what Deadite says, I don't I can't sit in front of my TV for 18 days straight during your event and play nothing but Overwatch. Can't do it. So I can't generate enough loot boxes to even have a fair chance to get the one skin I care about. So instead, I'll go give you 20 bucks, open up 20 boxes right in a row, and still not get it and be pissed off. But I'll yep. get but I'll get duplicates every other you know every box. So like. I totally get it. I I don't think it's a healthy direction that the that the industry is moving in in the sense that you're going to have these games that are popular, right? You're going to have your Overwatches, you're going to have your Destiny, you're going to have, you know, but for every one of those games, there's going to be 10 games or 100 games over here that are trying the same business model and failing that maybe had the potential to be a decent game and never saw the proper you know, light of day because they chose this business model and it, and because it's either going to work and make you money or it's going to kill your game. Mm-hmm. Great example. And we're going to go back to Capcom street and Capcom and is uh, street fighter versus Tekken. Everyone heard this announcement and they were like street fighter versus Tekken two worlds combined everything they wanted, you know, and, uh, every single goddamn item was microtransactions. Every little thing, the game died days. It was also a full price game. At, it was a at full price, yeah. At launch, it mm-hmm. died days into launch. That game was was DOA. Like prices were slashed from sixty dollars to like twenty within weeks. It was a nightmare, and that's IPs that people know, and it killed it. Yep, it's just it sucks, man. I don't. At I the don't end like of the day, it. BMC. If you don't like microtransactions, buckle in, because they're not going anywhere. Yeah. I think the big thing here is that eventually the, the community, the, the fan base, eventually will have to speak with their wallet. They will have to finally stand their ground and say, I'm not buying your game because you did this, and show these people that this business model is not acceptable. If you have a problem where you go buy a $60 game and a year later you look at your, your total purchase, you're like, wow, I spent $240 on this game since I bought it. If that's a problem, don't do it. And that's, I think that's the problem we have right now is that your, your majority of players in this realm are kids who maybe aren't the most responsible individuals with money, right? So... The, that's the scary part of it is that you have these people that are like, well, I got 20 bucks in my in my bank account. I could buy 20 loot boxes. It's like, well, yeah, but you only have $20 in your bank. Should you really spend it on virtual loot boxes or maybe just hold on to it because you only have $20 to your name? Look, I can get four packs of ramen for a dollar. I think I need those loot boxes. <laughs> there you go, right? Or you have people <laughs> like me who you have to razzle-dazzle my mind to get a nickel out of my hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're you're the worst. But I am the opposite. Your own wife told me at the same event that we were at that she has no idea what your budget is. You're ima- she calls it Ethan's imaginary budget. You're so, like, like you, you penny-pinch everything, and she's like, I'm not even sure why. He just he's got this budget. He's just got this thing that's that's in his mind and she's not even sure where what it is. This seems like really mixed information that I'm getting here cuz I'm always like, yeah, I'm thinking about buying this and she'd be like, yeah, probably not. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like I, yeah. I think I I think 
I think my own warped sense of frugalness, she's amplifying it, and then now she's created a monster. And yeah, that's what, she's that's what happened. Because it got yeah. brought up because they were asking about you buying games. Yeah. And her response was, well, he buys games because they're like, Dada doesn't really buy games. And we're like, well, he buys games. But like, he has this imaginary budget that no one understands that, and so that's why he's real selective with his games. Yeah. Like that was his, that was her excuse as to why you know you don't go out and buy you know Brink and and and, <laughs> and other great games. But it was oh. interesting that she, that when she, like a lot of times I thought like I thought the opposite. I thought okay, you know, L came around, and I knew you were resp- you've you've been that person that a. <laughs> I used to work at Worst Purchase with you. I'd go in for my check like, thank, <laughs> thank fucking God it's payday. I got nothing left. I got 30 cents in the bank. This guy would be like, we'd go pick up our checks, and they'd be like, Ethan, you have four checks sitting here. You have a month worth of checks sitting here. That's two months worth of checks, and I think the most I had was five. Yeah. I had five paychecks sitting at work on cash. Yeah. <laughs> they probably had to reissue one of them for you that was so old. I think it happened one time. Yeah. So, I mean, you've been like that for a long time, but I, yeah, I definitely thought she came in and, and intensified because you are, you know, trying to, you know, house shop and do things, you know, grown up things. But, but yeah, even she is uh, confused with your, uh, your, your imaginary world that you live in. My world is super real. <laughs> <laughs> and no one's gonna be able to convince me that I. It also have makes games. sense why you play like thirty-five cent GBA games currently, like you know, I don't know, uh, NFL Blitz listen, on your GBA. Listen, I got Epic Mickey two for free for one week from the library. <laughs> oh, that's right, free games oh, from God. the library. I forgot about that too. Uh, All right, thank you for the question, BMC. <laughs> Our last question comes from Adam, and he says, "Hey, fellas." It's been a while. I recently turned on my PS4 after a month or two of not playing it, and uh, was pleasant, unpleasantly, was pre- I was, uh, and I was presented, sorry, with some unpleasant surprises. First, I had a system update, only two point five GB. Okay, it's fifteen minutes or so. I put in Rocket League, and I was intending to play with some friends. Message pops up: update to the latest version to use network features. Sigh. Okay. Uh, how big is the update? 4.5 GB. Say what? Okay, shame on me for not doing the auto updates, but this update business is getting out of hand. Anyone feel me? No wonder I prefer retro games as there are never any updates. There have been a couple of updates that are necessary for major fix for fixing major issues with games. That's great, but I feel like every week I power on and there's a new effing update to install. Are game companies just getting lazy and releasing games early, knowing that they can just send out patches and find the in- Wow, sorry. Um, sending out, releasing games early, knowing they can just send out a patch if they find issues. Keep it up. Adam Bomb Diggity Tastic. It actually just says A Bomb Diggity Tastic. Yeah, but his name is Adam. I think our programmer is working on a patch for your reading abilities. <laughs> Hoping that one's going to drop sometime soon. Oh, man. Burn. Oh, oh, man. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Mine are beyond repair though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've been up since 4 a.m. Oh, excuses. excuses. I had a rough day at work. <laughs> I barely made it to the studio today. I love you, We Jazzy. have been doing this for two and a half fucking hours, and I have to go home and put another two fucking hours into putting it on the webpage. I love you, Which Jazzy. means I'll get an hour and a half of fucking sleep before I have to get up and go to work again. <laughs> Hopefully you have fun with your goddamn Nintendo Switch shoving up your butthole at lunch with EA Spuds loving your life. Uh, I poked the bear a little too much today, and I am playing Metroid right now, so the Switch stays at home, but oh I love you, Jesse. <laughs> and yes, Adam, the re updates are ridiculous. Uh, Absolutely ridiculous. Is this what I'm like when I... This, this, this is like what I'm like when I lose my shit. This is actually what you're like 90% of the time we're podcasting. Okay. <laughs> it's very amusing. God damn it, you got me all right, though. <laughs> so, Adam, I'm sorry that I couldn't read your question. I will try my hardest to answer it. <laughs> yes, the patching is ridiculous. We have said on issues past of this wonderful podcast that uh, we feel that companies um, don't give us the full game. So that they could just send out DLC and make you pay more for it. So uh, the fact that we have a whole bunch of issues with patching and updating, and every time you turn on your PlayStation, you got to sit through minutes upon minutes of listening to your friends in the in the PlayStation chat enjoy the game that you're waiting to play is a little out of control. I mean, the fact of the matter is that everything nowadays is uh, you're a beta tester permanently. Uh, it, that's 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 it. Like when they add DLC and they add a new mechanic or they add new characters and it creates a problem in the game that they didn't foresee because that thing didn't exist in the past, then yeah, they have to make a patch. So I think we've come into this realm where games are forever, if a game is successful, it's forever being patched because <laughs> problems or you know, um, ex or exploits or something like that are being found, you know, like Destiny, for example. How how are we having this PlayStation server crashing issue? Like, how? You had to alpha test, beta test. You, like, like how how is that a problem? But at the same time, when you release Trials and you're like, yeah, we got this down, Trials is going to be sweet, um, and then a player finds a huge, like, glitch that creates an unfair advantage... Yeah, guess what? I hope that instead of let that go and then and we just sit there and, and cheat the game for that weekend, that they pulled it back, shut it down for a bit, put out a different map and changed it be, because of that and they're going to fix it for next time. Like, you know, it, it can get ridiculous, especially when you pick up Xbox, you turn it on and you're like your controller has an update. And it's like, well, "What do you what are you updating my controller for? Like what exactly is getting is changing at all?" Cuz they don't tell you, right? So it's like what Possibly, could you be making better in my controller? I don't. I don't get it. Three D Rumble. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But so uh, you know, they can update it by mailing you a yeah. battery pack for your Xbox yeah. controller. But I mean, patches are yeah, patches are ridiculous. The 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 file sizes are insane. But I think we're just we're in that world now where because we want online cooperative and competitive gameplay and just you know all these things that come together and need to work flawlessly with each other, it just doesn't, uh, there's always problems. 
And there's always like, I'm going to fix this. And because I fixed this, I broke that. Like, that's what happens. I mean, I work in IT and it's the same thing. It's like we, we launch a whole new system because it's going to be more efficient and, we're, and it's going to be better. And we implement it all. And because of it, we fucked something else completely up because all of a sudden we're like, oh, shit. How the hell was I supposed to know that the fucking barcode scanner that's 20 years old that didn't necessarily have any connection to the system that I deployed, uh, they're not compatible. I didn't know because, you know, this company, this department didn't talk to this department when they talked to me about putting the new system out. It's the same thing in gaming. Like, they're all trying, you know, different teams within the development company trying to make all their different parts of the game work properly and, and balance. And unfortunately, you're always going to have cracks and you're always going to have holes to patch. That's the world we live in now with games. And to reference your retro, your retro comment, yes, it was nice back then. But also, you know, it wasn't nice buying a game for full price and it being bugged out and broken to the point where, like, you couldn't finish the game. Isn't it Castlevania 64, the se- its sequel that, like, literally isn't beatable? Yeah. Riven uh, was another one for the PlayStation 1. That <laughs> Super Mario Super, Superman 64. Yeah, I couldn't say that. Right. Like, so, like, yes, it was nice. But at the same time, you had games that maybe it actually had potential that it never, again, never got the chance because they were manufactured and that was it. Sorry. But on the plus side, there's great games like Disc Jam that gets made better and better <laughs> with every single update. Okay. Well, uh, we want to thank Detroit Beard Collective once again for sponsoring this episode of the GameZilla Podcast. Remember to use the code MCGAMING to save 20% on all your beard grooming orders over $25. Retro gaming is your thing. Now listen to the Legend of Retro Podcast every Thursday in all the same great places that you listen to this. I know great you're really podcast. in a hurry because you're worried about timing. Can you read that one slower for me? Absolutely not, because after that disc jam thing, I just want to get the fuck out of the room with him. (laughs) Oh, man. If GameZilla isn't enough, then you need to turn into GameZilla Alpha, our topic podcast, every Sunday, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Play, and, of course, MotorCityGaming.com. We uh, got anything else that we want to – anything else we need to announce? Anything anybody have? Did I? You probably got something, right? If you want to shower Jazzy with love, hashtag Sleepy Time Jazzy on Twitter at. Are we still gaming in Detroit on Twitter? I think so. Yes. At gaming in Detroit on Twitter, <laughs> hashtag Sleepy Time Jazzy. Send some heart emojis so our boy can can catch some Z's because he badly needs them. Yep. And also, please donate to my grave fund. <laughs> I need a nice tombstone and a, a nice plot of land to be buried because Jazz is going to murder me after the show. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to episode 177 of the GameZilla podcast. Remember, we are the elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game on. Can we add a Patreon perk that if you give so much, you can choose like what things I get buried with in my coffin? 100%. I'll get on that tonight.